supportive community. Visit wba.asn.au for more information. 89.7 Radio is a very effective way to get into people's ears. Like I'm in your ear right now. Get your business into people's ears. Go to 897fm.com.au and see what we can do to grow your business. National Radio News. Hello, I'm Liam O'Connell. People in southeast Australia are beginning to swelter through a weekend of scorching weather, with many areas expected to surpass 40 degrees. Total fire bans have been declared across large parts of rural Victoria and are expected to extend across the weekend. A severe heatwave warning is current for southern areas of South Australia and Victoria, with warnings also current for Tasmania. Senior Meteorologist at the Bureau of Meteorology, Lincoln Trainer, says that consistently high temperatures will have a widespread effect. We have only seen three consecutive days of above 38 degrees in Melbourne three times during March in the past 100 years. It happened in 1934, 1940 and 1942. The Ballarat Mayor has urged the community to stay level-headed and not speculate as an investigation into the disappearance of Samantha Murphy continues. 22-year-old Patrick Oren-Stevenson has been charged with murdering the mother of three and will now remain in custody until the next court hearing in August. The community has mourned Ms Murphy in a vigil in the city's east overnight. Speaking to Sky Television, criminologist at the University of Newcastle, Xanthi Mallet, says it's still unclear what evidence the police will bring to court. There's no formal link between him and Samantha. He's not known to the family per se, but apparently he did go to the same primary school where Samantha was volunteered as a parent and he is the same age as Samantha's daughter. In other news around the country, a Perth man has defended himself against allegations of eight separate sexual assaults. Former Perth restaurant owner Alberto Nicoletti is accused of harassing and assaulting women at his home, his business and on a dance floor. Mr Nicoletti has given evidence in a five-week trial, alternatively saying he believed the women had consented or that no relations occurred. And a man who stole tennis player Nick Kyrgios's car has been referred to the ACT's Drug and Alcohol Court. The 33-year-old cameraman pleaded guilty to using a weapon to take the car from Mr Kyrgios's mother in May 2023. The 33-year-old was also responsible for the death of Claire Rose in Canberra in 2005. The next sentencing hearing will take place next month. Consumer groups say they're unsure if the cost of increased NBN speeds will be placed on consumers. The government-owned NBN Co this week announced fibre to the home and to the node customers will have their maximum speeds increased to 500 megabits per second. The corporation says it will send out new modems to NBN customers at no additional cost. Speaking to Channel 7, tech expert Mariam Gabaji says there's not a lot of clarity if private internet providers will decide to use the speed bump to increase prices on their own. They're in consultation right now with the internet retailers and we're hoping if everything works out that by the end of this year or early next year we'll be able to get these faster speeds. Overseas and Hong Kong authorities under Chinese control have published draft legislation for a new national security bill in a further attempt to control the region. The new laws encompass treason, espionage and external interference in an attempt to further crack down on political opposition. Debate has now begun on the bill and local media outlets have reported a significant increase in security around the country's legislature.
And the US President Joe Biden has committed to signing a bill banning the Chinese ownership of social media platform TikTok. The bill is currently up for debate in the US Congress and would require the app to find a new buyer within six months or be banned in the country. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. It's Saturday morning, and that means it's Talking Sport. Yes, good morning and welcome to Talking Sport, coming to you live on a Saturday morning as we do each and every Saturday right here on 89.7. Another big week of sport. We're in a very much a transition phase at the moment. We've still got a bit of cricket going on. We've started the footy season and it's been a massive start. So uh, Clive Adams here. Maxie Wilson, welcome back, mate. Thanks, Clive. Thank you. Uh, yes, you're right, but uh, isn't it great, though, with the transition period? You're saying because... I've it... got you on here now. Oh, that's good. Okay, no, that's okay. I've just yes. been speaking for half an hour. Um, it is great to have that transition period because there's so much sport to follow. Yes. do you think? Absolutely. Yes, it is Absolutely. brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. And Timmy Park, fresh back from Vegas, mate. Uh, that was a whirlwind <laughs> yeah, trip for trip, you. Clive, yeah. It was a long trip, Clive. I lost old men on there, but never mind. <laughs> uh, I, I think that um, it is the cricket season. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> I don't know, it's March. Yeah, I know, but... Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. No, no. I'll Shield, that, Shield final still coming, Tim. cricket season. But yeah. anyway... It is great. The yeah. sport we get, the better life is. All right. Well, we do have a big show lined up for you. We're going to get into some bowls straight away and uh, and maybe a little bit of golf if we've uh, if we've got time. But um, we'll get golf throughout the show. But uh, mm. uh, John Herney's going to join us to talk some motorsport. And, of course, um, Max Verstappen <laughs> won. Who would have thought? Yeah, how, how unusual is that? <laughs> yes. uh, I think it might be a bit more of the same, same. Yeah. Well, he's got pole in uh, Saudi Arabia. Yes. Oh, really? That's a shock. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I know you are surprised, Clark. Ricardo's struggling, you're right, Tim. And uh, Oscar Biastri, he's done all right. I think he's uh, fifth on, uh, on the grid. So. Uh, Alonso still keeps improving, uh, but yeah, how they're going to catch the Red Bull cars is uh, quite amazing. Yeah, well, we'll have a chat with John about that because we didn't, we weren't able to get him last week, so uh, we'll be able to get a bit more detail about all of that. Of course, Sacco will join us, John Saxon, to talk NRL. We are in full swing now, so uh, um, Vegas a success, Tim? Yes, I think so. Uh, although I think the average American will have forgotten it already, but. Yes, I suppose it was a success, yeah. Yeah, we'll find well, out a little it, later it, what John thinks. It on how it gets followed up now, if we do it mm. again next year. And, and well, the way I see it, they're going to have to take different teams next year. The, the reason I say that is if people went over there for a a trip to, to see their team, are they going to do that every year? That That's hard uh, to do. Uh, I think there are certain will... teams that, mm. that they couldn't take and there's some that we, they probably can't take. Yeah, I think there will be different teams, is yep. my understanding. Um, and you're right, Tim, there are a lot of average Americans. Um, <laughs> but, uh, look, if this, this is the first step of five because it's a five-year deal, yeah. you'd say it's been successful, at least back here. Uh, just depends on uh, the follow-up years now, what the ratings are like on TV because yeah, that's, that's what they want to do. Exactly what I yeah, and the... Well, it's all about the gambling as well. We've said that many times uh, last year as well when this was announced. It's all about the gambling, getting money into the sport through that. Now, whether that's right or wrong, who knows. But Peter Valandis... They have taken it over there. Yeah, they have taken a punt. Yeah, thanks, Clive. Um, but Peter Valandis, look, 
he he's well, he he's just a bit of a visionary in some ways. You know, he wants rugby league to take over the world, and he's giving it a go. All right, well, we'll chat with Sacco mm. about that later in the hour. We'll uh, talk through uh, the test match, of course, that's going on at the moment. Well, there's two test matches going on, so we'll have a chat about those two. And uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, one perhaps a little more even than the other, but uh, we'll have a chat. Um, Hello, and, uh, England. And we will have a look at uh, what happened in the district cricket last week. We won't have the district cricket boys join us. We said farewell to them last week, so uh, and we, we love their work, of course, yes. but uh, we'll, we'll wrap that up. Uh, Cambo will join us to talk uh, North Suburban Community Cricket in Cambo Part 1 uh, of Talking what? Sport. I haven't seen the rundown here. here. Clive, what's going on? Yes. What do you mean, part one? Well, then have Glenn Simpson talk some basketball. Well, that's what I like. Yeah. Up, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I've just about had a voice left by the time I left last night because that was hard work last night, but they got there. That's good. The Wildcats got there. Melbourne got there somehow. Oh, want to talk about that. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. boy. want to talk about and that. And, of course, the Lynx. They are the team. They are the team of the year. From my, from my, I know it's only two months in, <laughs> but they are the team of the year. To make the finals from where they were going, well, they were. Yeah. amazing. Yes, We'd hats off. Them up, we? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then Cambo Part Two kicks oh, in uh, as he will join us to uh, have a look at the AFL, of course. So we are underway in the AFL, and we've had a couple of pretty good games. I must admit, I haven't seen a minute of live football, uh, live footy, because I've been uh, flat out with uh, all things other. But um, yeah, looking forward. To to um, to chat, having a chat with Cambo, We've got another couple of games today, uh, so we'll have a look at those and maybe mm. have a little bit of a look ahead to uh, to next week's mm. round as well. Mm. Uh, Jay Bullingham, another success to talk to. <laughs> of course, they uh, they are gearing up now. The Wanneroo Giants for finals, a big finals campaign. It's going to be against the Vic Park Reds because yes. they won last night. Yes, so, so that's we'll get Jay's take on that. That's going to be real interesting because they've. Uh, look, we know we talked to Jay a few weeks ago to say you're on the top of the ladder. That's a lock, and uh, but you still had uh, the Braves and the Eagles to play. Now they lost both those games. Yeah. So interesting to see where their mindset is now. Like whether they just oh, well, it's only two games. We weren't really trying. Nonetheless, or what happens? Already, aren't they? they are champions in your in your league, uh, Timmy. Well, they might. I think they probably have a minor premiership. That's what they win for finishing on top. But yes, that's the word minor. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, all right, anyway. well, we'll delve into all of that. Of course, yeah. Trev's tips and the dogs. Of course, in that world, uh, it's also Miracle Mile night tonight at Menangle, so I'll give you my tip for that one well, as that's well. Exciting, that's exciting, yeah. Uh, that, that's a, uh, a big race on the calendar, a million-dollar race. Any uh, WA horses in that one, Clive, um, do you no, know? No, no okay. WA horses, but, um, yeah, which is unusual. We normally yeah. have maybe one runner. Mm. Uh, goes across, but uh, haven't seen any WA horses in it this time around. Uh, and, of course, Stephen Platt will join us because the EPL's hotting up. I think it's a really interesting weekend at the top of the EPL table. I, I think Arsenal are going to finish on top uh, at the end of this weekend. <laughs> it's, um, the, it's the best for several, several, several seasons. Well, we've got three teams really all oh, in, in, in solid contention. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? That's yep. great. And we've got about four well, or five teams down the other end. Hmm? This weekend could go a long way to deciding who's got the edge. Yeah, maybe. There's still a long way to go, though, there isn't is, there? There is, but still yeah, another eight, nine games. games All right, so that is our show. Let's uh, let's get into some bowls, guys, and we've got a we've got a little bit to talk about. So I thought we might talk about the women's uh, competition to start with. The women's uh, because they are at final stages. So oh, yes, their their finals uh, for their Tuesday competition start on Monday, yep. which. 
<laughs> which sounds interesting. Tuesday bowls on the Monday edition. Yeah. But the way they do their finals is like a big week of finals. So okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to uh, to finish off their season. Gee, it's um, full on then, isn't it? Yeah, Mosman Park fell over in the last game and let Manning finish on top. And, of course, Manning... Have won, I think it's about 13 of the last 14 Premier Premier League titles. So um, Manning now hosts the finals. They will play Mosman Park in the uh, the double chance final on Monday. Osman Park versus North Beach is the three versus four. And then we have the Premier League final on uh, on Tuesday. And then the Grand Final, which will be live streamed on the Bowls WA Facebook page. Uh, and that will be held at Cambridge. So, oh, great. Uh, okay. yeah, so there's a, a big day of finals on Wednesday at Cambridge, the finals of every division other than fourth division. So Premier wow. League, one white, one green north, one green south, second division and third division grand finals what? all at Cambridge. <laughs> what a crescendo. Yeah, it's in day. the year. Massive day and will be a huge one to get out there for. So yeah. <clears throat> I think Manning wins it. Okay. I think that little slip that just let them finish on top. Well, that's, you're a brave man to say that if they won the last 13, <laughs> Clive. So you're really going out there. <laughs> yeah, they are a dominant. Uh, they are a dominant side. So um, we'll see how that one pans out. Now, um, men's Premier League. Yes. Well, it is. It is. It's on, isn't it? It's interesting. Is uh, it probably understates it, but. Um, Double View played Mount Loyalty last night, and Double View got the win at six two. It was it was a sixteen shot aggregate in the end, but it was probably closer than that throughout the night. Um, but Mount Loyalty really needed a win there. Uh, what that does to them is it still leaves them in the four, but they're only three points clear of Manning, mm. who are in fifth, mm. and Manning are playing a Sorrento today away. Now that's not a given. No, it's not, no. Um, Sorrento need points to stave off relegation uh, and Manning obviously need the win to uh, to challenge for the for the four. So, Geez, a lot on the line there, isn't he? Oh, it's huge. <laughs> it's, that's a big it game. It's huge. I'll give you a rundown. I'm there anyway. All <laughs> oh, right, really? Okay. Well, Sorrento beat us a couple of weeks ago at Sorrento. Yeah. Um, we're a top four side. Yeah. Manning are trying to get into the top four, so it, it can happen. So that's going to be a really interesting well. one. They do, absolutely. Mm. Um, North Beach host Osborne Park. Now, Osborne Park need a lot to go right for them to make the finals. They need to win their last two and hope that Manning Manning trip over uh, against Sorrento. Osborne Park are eight points behind Mount Lawley at the moment. The whole game. Mm. So, look, a clean, sweet victory today is possible uh, against North Beach. Could make it very interesting going into the final round. Well, we just said that, that was... Game? That's at North Go Beach, is it? That is at North Beach, yes. Yeah. We're talking about Serrano's game. I mean, North Beach game. I mean, if, they, if they can win that and Serrano lose, they could reverse the it's huge. the ladder positions and get out of that relegation zone. South Perth hosts Cambridge. Mm. Mm. Yeah. This is second yeah. versus yeah. third. Yeah. Um, the, the winner, I wouldn't say it, no. The winner doesn't guarantee themselves a top two. If it's South Perth, they probably do. Mm. Uh, Cambridge Cambridge to get the win to, to lock away a final spot because mm. Cambridge is still vulnerable to yep. Mount Lawley, Osborne Park and um, and Manning in the in the chasing pack there. You just need to win the aggregate craft. Yeah, well, it's basically Cambridge needs three points from the final two matches to uh, to secure a final spot. Yeah, the but, but there's still top five, spot so. potential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Bassendine played Joondal up, which is probably the one that's got the least uh, impact on on the on the standings. Although Joondal up won points yeah. to try and save their uh, to save their bacon and mm. uh, and get themselves into Premier League again next season. So 
a wonderful array of fixtures. Something on every game good, in either it? in either the promotion or oh, sorry promotion finals yeah. or relegation stakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, equally as important. It really is going to be a massive last couple of rounds of men's Saturday Premier League. That's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant way to end the season with these two two rounds coming up. Now, guys, uh, Met, uh, Metro took a, a backstage um, over the week because it was the men's country week. Uh, the men's country week uh, get all the country players along and look. What an what an effort by Pinjarra! Uh, they had eight players come to Country Week. Wow! Yep, there were a thousand players that came to Country Week. <laughs> yeah. Eight of them came to Pinjarra. They walked away with the pairs and the fours title. They were runner up in the pairs as well. It was Pinjarra versus Pinjarra. Uh, what an amazing performance! Uh, and they're a club that's going Gee, places. Luckily, um, they didn't bring thirty people in. Yeah. Well, I've really exactly. <laughs> swept everything. We would have taken everything. Let's let's quickly go through them. So in the in the singles, that was the one that Pinjarra didn't have a finalist in. But uh, uh, Matthew Mitchell from uh, Emu Point, oh, yes. a former Name winner, we know. former mm. winner, and a state champion, and yep. a very very good player in his own right. Against Justin Smith from York, Justin a two time winner of this title. Uh, so Justin won it in two thousand and eighteen and two thousand and nineteen. Yep, and Matt Mitchell won it in 2020. So that's where we were at in terms of the quality of the players that made it through. Justin just made it through his semi-final, 21-20, and a come-from-behind victory. Um, but it was Matt that got the uh, the runs on the board early here. He was up 9-2. Justin managed to pull it back and actually led 13-12. Uh, then Matt picked up a four and and really never looked back to take a 21-16 victory. In the pairs, uh, well, this was the Pinjarra versus Pinjarra clash. So, as you would expect, I picked Pinjarra to win, <laughs> but uh, it, and, and I was right. Yeah. Well, well so, done. Mm. Um, uh, this one was a runaway. So um, it was actually a pretty good game of bowls. Eighteen four, as the scoreline would make you think. Well, mm. it was one sided. It sort of wasn't. Mm. It was just that Peter Cole and Tom Ellison did all the scoring. There was plenty of great shots and plenty of great heads to to, to work with, yeah. yeah. Um, so Peter Cole and Tom Ellison got big numbers early. They led uh, 10-1 and then got that out to 15-1. Um, Leon Birch and John McCook tried to come back. They held shots, and every time they did, Peter Cole was able to get in there and, uh, and cut Thank that you. out. Very experienced player, uh, Peter, and uh, a deserved win there for the two of them, Peter Cole and Tom Ellison. And probably the game of the day was the fours final. Uh, Brad Ball, state pairs champion. Um, Peter Retallick, Leon Birch and John McCook. There's two of them that made the pairs final also in the fours final. Pretty good. Um, against Bill Fraser, uh, Colin Hayes, uh, Vince Hadlow and it, it wasn't Graham Anderson. It was Rob Wilson as a replacement for Graham Anderson who mm-hmm. uh, in the system it says Graham Anderson but uh, Rob was a late replacement. And um, this game went right down to the wire. It was uh, it was actually querying uh, Bill Fraser's team that were in front with two ends to play. They held a good two, and Brad Ball with his last bowl drove. He's well known for a very accurate drive. Took the two bowls Ooh. straight out for four his way. <laughs> that gave them a two shot lead, and they were able to claim two shots on the final end and take the win. So. Brad Ball has bragging rights, I'd say, and uh, he'll be letting everyone know about it. He's got obviously got uh, plenty of, but um, that drive that you mentioned there—that's—I uh, mean, it's a great skill to be able to do that. But some of it is in well, just 
let them land where they lay, isn't it? Sometimes with the drive. Uh, certainly not in this case. Yeah. He hit his target right oh. on the money, and uh, it can be. Um, but um, the the really good exponents of a drive mm. can often tell you where things are going to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but it, it, it's a bit like playing pool sometimes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> It's you've, got to get, you've got to get the yes, the angles yeah. is very important. And Brad got that one absolutely yeah. perfectly. So um, yeah, a, a fantastic country week, wow. um, a mag- magnificent event, and uh, certainly to all the volunteers that are involved, it's a huge undertaking. As I say, near on a thousand players that uh, descend on the metro area, and and uh, you know some of them are there to try and win a title, others <laughs> are there to have just a fantastic yeah, catch up week. with people. Yes, yeah. that's yeah, what it's, it's all fantastic. about, isn't it? Stop, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and Women's Country Week's not far away. That's uh, <coughs> that's only just over a week away. So, oh wow! So it'll be uh, it'll be the women's turn to uh, to okay. get along and uh, and have a go. So um, there you go. That is our bowls update. We'll leave golf for a little bit later in the show. What we'll do is go go off to a break now. When we come back, John Herney will join us, and we'll get into some motorsport. Uh, Max Verstappen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after this on eighty nine seven Talking Sport. <laughs> on 89.7 Talking Sport from 8 to 11am Saturdays. Stay in the loop with what's happening in your community. Visit station sponsor City of Joondalup's website at joondalup.wa.gov.au and subscribe to an e-newsletter. You'll find everything you need to know about community, events, updates and job vacancies. Register today for this free service. This is a station sponsor. At John Hughes Cherry, Prindleville Driveway in Garra, you get a brand new, beautifully styled Cherry Amoto 5 with leather sports seats, alloy wheels, keyless entry, rear dynamic view camera, wireless Apple CarPlay, Android Auto and smartphone charging, a massive interactive LCD, and plenty of active and passive safety features. Plus, you get a seven-year, unlimited kilometre new car warranty, roadside assist, and cat price servicing, all from 31490 Hurry, they're selling fast. JohnHughes.com.au DL6061 The City of Wanneroo Corporate Sponsor Proudly supporting 89.7 FM Don't forget to check out the City of Wanneroo's 2024 Green Waste Curbside Collection Dates We've kicked off collections in Banksia Grove and will be winding our way across the city finishing in two rocks in mid-June Check your suburbs collection date at wanneroo.wa.gov.au Bulk Greens Collections Proudly brought to you by 89.7 FM
This is Talking Sports. Yes, unstoppable. Uh, bit of see you there as we come back to 89.7 Talking Sport. And I tell you what, it does seem like Max Verstappen <laughs> is unstoppable. That's why I put that Good in Good leading. Because uh, there's a little bit of same-same. John Herney, how are you, mate? Oh yeah, good mate, good yeah, and uh, yeah, well, well chosen bit of music. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, we've had Formula One qualifying in uh, Jeddah in Saudi Arabia um, on the frankly a breathtakingly scary circuit. Uh, average speed of uh, just over 150 miles an hour in the old language, and you're racing between concrete walls with. Largely blind corners. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, nothing. No, I can't think of anything. <laughs> uh, it's, it's scary to watch sometimes, you know. Mm. Um, anyway, yes, as you said, a match just happened on pole position again from Charles Leclerc, point three back, point three one. Then Max's teammate Sergio, point three three back. And also going very well, the Aston Martin on the second row. And then our own Oscar Piastri, point mm. one. Yeah, he's now. been finding a little bit of speed, hasn't he? He's quicker than his teammates by yeah. a few hundredths of a second. And then George Russell and Lewis Hamilton Mercedes clearly not very competitive at the moment. Um, and then the top ten rounded out by Yuki Tsunoda and Lance Stroll in the other Aston Martin. Daniel Ricciardo a little bit down uh, on his teammate down in 14th. Um, so a couple of big takeouts from qualifying. Uh, no Carlos signs. Have you heard about what's happened to Carlos? Yes. Uh, did he get appendicitis, was it? Is that right? Yes, he's come down very suddenly with quite severe appendicitis. Uh, had, he's already had the, opera, uh, appendix, the operation to remove his appendix and is recovering well, as you would expect the top athlete of his age to do. But um, in the meantime, they had to find someone to drive his car... <laughs> Sitting there with you know no driver, um, so the Ferrari reserve driver, who's a British guy called uh, Oliver Behrman, um, jumped in and whirled it around a bit uh, and qualified eleventh. Now Oliver Behrman had a less than eight hours' notice that he wow. was going to actually be racing in this Grand Prix. Luckily, he was already there because he races Formula Two. He's on pole for the the Formula Two feature race. Oliver Behrman is 18 years old. Oh, wow. what? Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, so, what an know, opportunity. Most kids, oh. Yeah, most kids, when they're 18, they're saving up madly and working three jobs at Macca's or whatever <laughs> to get a second-hand car to drive around. And, so, and rightly, they're quite proud when they get that. So, so let's so just they, think about this conversation. So they've, they've yeah. said to Carlos Sainz, you've had, you've had your operation. It's all right, mate. It's all right, mate. We've given your car to an 18-year-old on a half a day's notice. <laughs> he needed some painkillers after that, Clive. Yeah, and young, young Ollie is, um, is the youngest driver, they saying, to race a Formula 1 Ferrari. I kind of wonder about that because there's two, uh, a tall young guy called Ricardo Rodrigo, um, Mexican guy, who raced him briefly and sadly before losing his life in it. F1 loader, so I must find out how old he was when he drove for Ferrari. But anyway, so yeah, so Ollie Behrman has certainly got his attention whirling this thing around um, this track because I don't, oh, I don't really, yeah, he would have raced there before, I think, but even so, it, things happen very quickly there. It's, watching qualifying was 
was really quite scary watching it live. I'm backing in the fairy tale. I'm backing in. Are you? Yeah, fairy tale. Yeah. Fairy tale. <laughs> Oliver uh, Bearman to win. That'll be long odds. That'll be very long to, odds, to Clive. Win, to win. Yeah, that'll be, be worth putting something on if you can get it on the tip of the odds, especially before Carlos got yeah. <laughs> Maybe top three. Get top three, Clive. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, so that's what's happening in Formula One. Now, uh, is that race essentially tonight? Yes, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. 1 a.m. tomorrow, so tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so we should be able to watch it on Foxtel tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's just a bit unusual. The first two races have been on Saturday night rather than normally Sunday night. Mm. So, um, yeah, Middle I, East. It's, it's to do with the Middle East. Mm. I didn't quite catch it, but anyway, yeah, so that's why it is. It's also a little bit to do with the shipping and stuff like that because I've got to whip the cars out of there real quick. Yeah, um, and they don't want to go through that Red Sea at the oh, moment. We can't. No, no. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely, like the world endurance sports cars were in the Middle East last week, mm. and to get them back to Europe, uh, they've had to freight them all, air freight them all. Wow! And uh, one of the teams are saying is about the car plus all the equipment, just one car, was uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow! I think that happened. Germany. I think that happened with the WWE show that was on here a couple of weeks ago. What well, their cars? All the equipment. Oh, here, okay. They. They were hijacked by pirates. They had to had to go a different way. Yeah. Was, it, was that part of the storyline? No. Okay. No, it sounds like it would have been, but it wasn't. Yeah. 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 Mm. So we're now starting to look forward, guys, to the Australian Grand Prix. Yes. It's only a couple of weeks away. Yeah. March 23, 24, or probably 20. It'd be three, uh, no, sorry, 22, 24. Mm. So it's one of, you know, the second biggest crowd uh, at a... Uh, multi-day sporting event in Australia really? these days. I mean, it's uh, pretty much every day is a sellout. So, uh, yeah, that should be really good, I think. F2 and F3 and supercars are on the program and Australian Guerrero Cup. So it's going to be a very full weekend in motorsport coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Now, mm. uh, we couldn't get you last week, John. Was there something on yeah. last week up at Wanneroo? Yeah, yeah, we had the uh, first round of the state championship over two days. Oh, yes. Sorry about that, but I was I was uh, marshalling on Saturday and I was in the briefing. I didn't no, that's okay. No, that's okay. How did it all go up there, mate? Uh, look, Saturday went really well. Uh, Sunday was uh, suboptimal. Uh, one of our officials uh, fell ill. Uh, he is, oh. is now fully recovered. But uh, in looking after him, it delayed quite a lot of the program, so... We actually lost quite a few events in the afternoon, but look, you know, the thing, main thing is our dear colleague is fine. Good. It just meant a few people didn't have the opportunity to drive around the track for as long as they hoped, but, you know, that, that certainly isn't the end of the world. All right. Okay. The, the one thing I want to mention, guys, you would be aware, and just touch on this, the, all the disruption that's going on in Red Bull with mm. all this rubbish about Christian Horner and stuff. Interesting that no one's managed to crack their determination yet. No. You know? <laughs> Max is still out there. He's still winning. So, well, yeah. I think there might be a few internal rumblings that still might happen, uh, John, but it's certainly not oh. affecting their performance on the track as it, no, as it is well, right now. I think, I think, if anything, it's probably having the opposite effect. Yeah, it might do. Yeah. Yeah, make it more determined, hmm. especially people like Max, Adrian Newey, the chief designer, etc. So, yeah. 
All right, we might leave it there then, John. Thank you, mate. For and sure. we'll, um, right. we'll catch yeah. up with you next week and uh, find right. out what happens uh, in Saudi Arabia tonight. Yep. Okay, guys. I'll talk to you then. Hey? All right. Thanks, mate. Bye, John. Bye-bye. See you, John. See you. Bye. Did his voice just change? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounded like a different person. <laughs> yeah. All right. he, was, he was putting his other voice on. Yeah, yeah, interesting. All mm. right, we might have a quick look at uh, at what's happening in the world of golf, shall we, yes. before we get to the break. So uh, in the Arnold Palmer Invitational, they're in Florida in the USA at the moment. And uh, Shane Lowry's in, uh, in front on that one. Well, actually, um, well, he's listed as number one, mm. but there's... Six golfers, all on seven under. Um, <laughs> Shane Lowry, uh, Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah, your man, yes. Yeah. Uh, Russell Henley, Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark, and Scotty Sheffield. <laughs> I'm glad Scotty's in there. He is, he is there. Just for your sake, Clive. Um, Will Zaratoris is at six under, and I'm, I'm looking uh, and I'm seeing Cam Davis at two under there for uh, from an Australian perspective. Yeah. Um, in the uh, in the DP World Tour, they are in uh, South Africa, and uh, Matteo Manassero is leading there at fifteen under. Uh, Oliver Becker at fourteen under, and then you've got Tom McKibben, Ivan Cantero, and Angel Hidalgo at thirteen <laughs> under. Yes, beautiful. Yes, it's lovely right. to listen to the show for your pronunciations. Oh, we and my voice. You okay, <laughs> okay, okay, just doing a John Herney. No All right. And the uh, the uh, women's tour are in uh, the People's Republic of China mm. for the Blue Bay LPGA tournament, and Naren Ann is on top there with uh, Sarah Schmeitzel at nine under. Uh, Hai Jin Choi is at eight under, and then you've got Rujin Liu and Minji Lee. At seven under, yeah, she's come up. She had a bad tournament last last week, but we should mention Hannah Green, who oh, yes. who won the uh, LBJ Tour uh, last week, yep. the HSB Women's World Championship in Singapore. Quite a effort by her Actually, because that would have been a comeback. I don't remember it, it, her too high <coughs> on the leaderboard last week. Exactly right, Clive. It was a comeback. Uh, birdie the last three holes, and dra- and then have a. Uh, Thirty-foot uh, uphill putt. I saw it. It was a beauty on the Sunday. Yeah, to uh, basically win the tournament. So uh, amazing effort by Hannah. That's her four- fourth uh, tournament win, full-time LPJ champion. So uh, great work by Hannah. Yeah, brilliant, mm. brilliant. All right, we will head to a bit of a break when we come back. NRL time with John Saxon. Timmy's dressed for it. He's got the Storm jersey on. Oh, yeah, good thing. Yeah, we're back after this. Eighty-nine-seven talking sport. Sally really loves your class, but she's lacking in confidence. She stopped doing her homework because, well, she says she's no good at it. What can we do to get her excited again? Every single day, teacher education graduates face situations that go beyond theory. That's why we teach our students to be creative thinkers, because creative thinking can be your superpower. ECU, creative thinkers made here. Search ECU and apply now. When it comes to kids' sport, parents have lots of questions. Like, how much will it cost? Will my kid get to play with their friends? How often do you train? And do I have to volunteer? But there's one question every parent should ask. What does the club have in place to make sure my kid's protected? Don't take child safety at your club for granted. Find the important questions at playbytherules.net.au and start to talk. Ever wondered what it's like to be on a radio station, be a part of a great team or even on your own radio show? 
Have your voice heard across the city of Joondalup, Wanneroo and Stirling, surrounding suburbs and streaming online. Why don't you head over to www.897fm.com.au and become a member today. And best of all, all members are welcome. See you soon.
Welcome back to Talking Sport. A little bit of a life is a roller coaster there. Oh, isn't roller, it? Isn't it? There's roller coasters galore in Vegas. You know? <laughs> there's the roller coaster being a Bronco supporter too. <laughs> oh, really? Mm. Uh, John Saxon, let's talk some NRL. How are you, John? Yeah, yeah, I'm very good, Clive. Uh, good morning, Timmy, and good, good morning, morning Max. Hey, John, how are you going? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. You well, yeah. good. Um, how was the flight back from? How was the flight back from Vegas, Sacco? Mate, I, look, I didn't get a Guernsey over there, mate. <laughs> oh, I, didn't uh, I was holding, I was holding the fort for rugby league back here in Western oh, Australia. Good lad, <laughs> yeah, good man. What Sorry, were you going to say something else to uh, to Maxie? Were you, Sacco? Yeah, I, I was, Clive, until he, he interrupted me. No, it was me. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, no, like, just, just because he's had a win in round one and the Broncos didn't, uh, doesn't make a season. Uh, we are the manly boys. We had a win today. We are the boys you know of. Right, we so show them how to play. Hang on a minute. I'll just turn his microphone off just a sec. Yeah. I started the show like that, should, should have kept it that way. But anyway, um, let's have a look back at what's happened. So uh, the Sea Eagles defeated the Rabbitohs 36-24 to, uh, to kick off the season in Vegas. Yeah, um, uh, look, um, uh, fantastic performance by the Manly Seagulls. Um, they're, they're strongly tipped uh, to be uh, there at the end of the season. Um, I've got them in my, certainly in my top eight. Oh, jeez, um, we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very generous. Uh, no, but I think uh, look, they're, they're uh, they look the real deal. As long as they keep uh, you know Tommy Turbo uh, mm. on the field, fitting well, and he's had a very good preseason. He looks in great shape. He looks shape. good. Yeah, he looks uh, good. And uh, probably, I mean, they're going to make probably the biggest set of forwards in the entire NRL mm. Uh, mm. competition. Uh, you know, a very, very powerful, um, skilled set of forwards. Uh, and let's not forget the acquisition of uh, halfback Luke Brooks. Yeah. Uh, much maligned uh, halfback over the last ten years with the uh, the West Tigers, uh, but uh, look, a change of scenery, change of um, uh, you know playing environment. A, a, a pretty fair to say, uh, surrounded by a lot of better quality players, and what uh, and maybe he has the skills. Down, good, uh, good morning, Gordon Allen. <laughs> yeah, yes, Gordy, Gordy, would <laughs> be listening. Yeah. But uh, but look, um, uh, you know. Uh, Different coaching environment, uh, playing uh, playing alongside uh, Daly Cherry Evans, one of the greats of the game, one of the real veterans of the game, uh, and and he showed it. He demonstrated it last week, uh, Timmy. When you, you say he's got the skills, uh, he is a uh, by and large a running halfback. And um, uh, look, he scored a great try, almost scored two, mm. uh, but uh, but a, a terrific debut for Brooks in the uh, in the manly colours, and I think he's in for a very very big season, and, and really pleasing to see because he, he is. is a a talented player, and he is on a million bucks a year. So uh, you you would hope he gives a good return on investment to Maxie's team. <laughs> All right, the, the, you're dead right. Almost fell off my chair the there. Other, the other game played in Vegas was the 2010 win to the Roosters over the Broncos. The Roosters just took the middle of the field. Yeah, they did, Timmy. Uh, they had to there because that's all that was there. They just played well, in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you got rid of the sides. Fly, fly. Yeah. Can you? Can you put a gag on Maxie for a while? Well, that was me again. You're confusing our voices, John. That was me again. Oh, sorry. Well, it is early in the season. Um, but uh, when in doubt, blame Max. But, oh, yeah. I get that a lot. Uh, guys, uh, a terrific uh, round one performance by the Roosters. I mm. thought their, their defence was Very extraordinary. Good. And um, uh, great to see Teddy, uh, Teddy uh, um, Tedesco uh, yeah, playing a, a blinder of a game. That's that's great for his confidence uh, kicking off the season and, yeah. and answering a lot of uh, critics because he, he he did have a, a pretty, by his standards, a pretty average season last year. But um, 
Victor Radley, uh, he, he was he was outstanding. Their defence all round. Uh, Manu was uh, was brilliant in attack and defence. Looking at the Bronx, uh, look, it was unsettling for them to lose Pierre Cura uh, three minutes in with a with a uh, concussion. Uh, that sort of had to they had to reshuffle their forward pack, and they never they they looked pretty clunky last week. I thought the Bronx they never really got going, um, but uh, against a, a, as I say a very very good defence defensive effort by the, the Roosters who didn't give them a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities uh, obviously a bit controversial there with uh, the Ezra Mam uh, Lenu controversy but uh, look uh, look again it was it was round one to both games in Vegas I thought were really high quality they were um, the they uh, the round one those two games registered the highest ever television ratings for rugby league on uh, on Fox and has given the uh, probably fair to say has given the season a, a terrific uh, uh, momentum he- heading into uh, season 2024, and uh, uh, a very you know a courageous effort by the NRL to go into the US, uh, and a lot of work to do uh, by their own admission. It's a it's a five year project, and um, you know it's going to be interest- interesting to see how it all unfolds. Sounds but, like sounds uh, like they're happy to tick the first couple of boxes and say oh, uh, success so far. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just one final point on that. Uh, disappointingly, uh, you know, the the, the TV ratings uh, on Fox One through America weren't uh, all that great. Uh, but again, it does take time uh, in a, in an NFL rusted on market. Uh, uh, of to course. Sort of, uh, yeah. It'll depend uh, now on the follow up, won't it? Yeah. Yes, it, yes, it will. Uh, yes, it will, uh, Timmy. Uh, and look, forty thousand people uh, attended the game live. Let's keep in mind that fifteen thousand of those were Australians, around five thousand from the UK. Um, but uh, look, it's a good start. Uh, it was it was a, a good television product, and uh, uh, the foundations have been set for uh, an even bigger. Uh, you know, venture into Vegas in 2025. Mm. All right, let's have a look at uh, what happened a little bit closer to home on Thursday night. The Raiders 28 over the Knights 12. Go the green machine. The Raiders over the Knights. Well, guys, uh, I picked the Knights. Uh, I am. It, it's an absolute tipster's bloodbath. If, I, if you don't mind me saying that, so far this uh, <laughs> this round. Um, look, I have got uh, one from five, uh, but I have got colleagues who are zero and five, um, <laughs> such as uh, such as round one. But uh, look, I, I thought all the all the uh, the, the uh, uh, I thought all the cards were stacked in the favour of the home team, the Knights. Um, but uh, the Raiders had uh, had different thoughts. Uh, the Raiders were outstanding. I they thought they were very um, very good. The, the interesting thing, too, Timmy, is that the Raiders uh, over recent years have been known to, you know, uh, take the, the foot off the gas, uh, you know, and not play out the full 80 minutes. But they finished the game with a, with a wet sail. They, they, uh, they, they, and keep in mind, they had three or four key players that were on the sidelines mm. uh, for various reasons. So um, it, it does reflect very, very good depth in that Raiders side. But, uh, look, they had a terrific win uh, and... Um, uh, a great way to start for Ricky Ricky Stewart. He uh, had a huge and, smile on his face, didn't he? I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty rare. Pretty yeah, pretty rare, Timmy. Yes, Guys, with uh, with uh, uh, Ricky, uh, you know, he uh, he needs to take his angry angry pills when they have a <laughs> yeah, loss. But exactly. um, uh, but look, uh, the Raiders are uh, pretty pretty loose in in round one. But it's a long season, and uh, they'll go back to the drawing board. But it's unusual for them to lose a game at home, a sold out. McDonald Jones Stadium. I think they've had about eight or nine consecutive wins 
at home, uh, but uh, to kick off this year, they've, they've had the loss. I think we can beat that for stat of the week, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> 16-12, the Sharkies over the Warriors last night. Yeah, yeah probably now, guys, Yeah, guys, uh, I do admit I didn't uh, watch this game. I couldn't watch this game, so I, I can't really comment on anything other than uh, uh, the score or what I've heard about the game. But, um, uh, yes, uh, the Sharks, 16-12. Um, over the New Zealand Warriors. I think the Warriors, no doubt, went into this game as heavy favourites playing at home. A, a sold-out crowd there uh, um, uh, in Auckland. Um, New Zealand scored two tries for Neil Blake and Luke Metcalf. Uh, the Sharkies, three tries, Ramian, Mulatalo and Talakai. Uh, and um, interestingly, the Warriors led 12-6 mm. at half-time. Yeah. And, mm. and the Sharkies, against all odds, over there in New Zealand, and what a statement they've made as well. And, um, you know, uh, a real upset. But, guys, as I said, I, I haven't watched the game, so I uh, no, can't okay. really comment further than that. So, Well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Tim's happy to move on anyway. So, uh, <laughs> can't wait. The Storm and the Panthers. The Storm get their 8-0. And, Tim, your stat of the week? Yeah, 22 seasons, won the first round. <laughs> the Storm. The Storm. Well, yes. Timmy, that is an unbelievable stat. Um, yes. Yours truly here tipped the Panthers to break that uh, uh, that uh, that uh, sort of um, run of twenty one years. Uh, what an idiot I was! Uh, it's twenty two consecutive years, but I've got a stat I reckon that pretty well equals that in terms of wow factor. Interestingly, guys, the last three times the Panthers have been kept scoreless. Yep. That was in round 13, 2015, round twenty two in in twenty twenty two, and of course. Last night, round one, 2024, and the team that uh, kept them scoreless was Timmy. <laughs> the Storm. Manly. The oh, Storm. No. Okay, no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but guys, uh, made, made even uh, like made even more impressive by by the Storm that there was no Cameron Munster. Mm. Uh, Jonah Pessett uh, had a blinder of a game for a young kid coming through the system. Sure did. Uh, and, and no Asofa Solomona um, led. Uh, very, very well by new captain um, uh, Harry, Harry Grant. Grant had a blunder, yeah. Uh, look, what can you say about their defence? The the the, uh, the 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 Panthers just kept pushing and and pressing the line. Uh, so many onslaughts uh, in into the um, uh, into the danger zone there for the for the uh, for the storm. But their defence was just just uh, it, it was unbelievable. twenty minutes of siege, and uh, they they stood up to it. Yeah, and, and they, the, the, the Panthers fed to say through everything at the Storm, and uh, the Storm uh, just uh, met every challenge. Uh, remarkable victory um, to start uh, year one. And, and every year, I think, um, uh, you know, a lot of pundits out there sort of uh, are almost writing off the Storm as premiership uh, contenders. Um, but, uh, gee, I'll tell you what, any doubters out there that the Storm are going to be, um, uh, you know, uh, so strong again this year, well, I, I think they're... Uh, they're going to be woken up after that performance last night. 8-0 over the Panthers. A great start for Craig Bellamy and his storm. All right. Well, let's take a look through the rest of the round and find out who's not going to win the rest of the round, Sacco. It's the 2.30 this afternoon. Uh, the Eels take on the Bulldogs. The odds are with the Eels, so I'm tipping the Bulldogs. <laughs> well... Guys, uh, as I said, I'm well, one from five. Who knows what it's going to look like at uh, around, around 8 o'clock tonight. I'm going for the Eels. 2.30pm um, kickoff WA time at Combank Stadium, uh, the home ground of the Eels. Um, I, I'm, I'm tipping the Eels in this one. Uh, the Eels have won seven of their past eight against the Bulldogs. 
the Bulldogs have only won two of their past 15 games at Combank. They don't like playing there by the look of it. Wow. Uh, and it's also Dylan Brown's 100th NRL appearance for the Eels, but I'm tipping the Eels at home. Uh, I'm going to go against that. I think this is, needs to be a statement from the Bulldogs. Um, they've been nowhere for the last couple of years. We know that. Got a new coach from last year. They've got more recruits into the club. Now, I don't know who whoever those recruits are playing or not, but this is the time that the Bulldogs need to stand up. So uh, I think they're going to take a win off the Eels. Mm. I understand your comments, mate, but I'm going Eels. I'll stick with the upsets and go the Bulldogs. Why not? Um, the, uh, the Titans and the Dragons at 4.35 this afternoon. The Titans and the Dragons. Both teams uh, have got new coaches. Mm. Both uh, former premiership winning coaches or premiership winning coaches. In Shane Flanagan at the Dragons, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he will improve the Dragons' performance this year. Uh, and uh, Desi Hasler... Um, Good old-fashioned warrior style of coach uh, for the Titans. I, I think he, he's going to sort of bring, uh, hopefully, some X factors to the to the Titans in 20, uh, 2024. Um, it's Seabus Stadium, Gold Coast. I am tipping the Titans to win, um, albeit they are without um, David Fafita, uh, who's re- replaced by a, a really good player in Bo Fermor. Um Former Bronco Keenan Palisaya, he's at lock. AJ Brimson moves to the centres. Isaac Liu will play his 250th NRL game uh, wearing Titans colours. Um, looking at the Dragons, uh, Terrell Sloan at fullback. Zach Lomax at, on the wing, which is an interesting one, uh, formerly a centre. Uh, the Dragons have lost their last four games at Seabus Stadium, but I, because I reckon the uh, the locals up there at the Gold Coast, the Titans will get home with a victory. Mm, yeah, it's a bit of a wave there going through. I uh, heard rumours that <laughs> Brimson, uh, Brimson doesn't really want to go into the in the centres, uh, John, as far as I understand from the Titans, and I don't think Lomax wants to go to the wings. So that's all interesting. True. Um, but uh, Desi, I've got to follow Desi. Love him. So I think the Titans might get up. Tim? I'm going Titans, but I think it could be a close one. Mm, I agree. Titans for me as well. That leaves us with tomorrow's game at 105. It'll either be Finns up or Spurs up. It's the <laughs> Dolphins or the Cowboys. <laughs> Guys, I'll tell you what, this is a toss of a coin. Uh, Queensland derby. Um, it's a derby, mate, but anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, the thing is, they, you know, the thing is, on the East Coast, they call it a derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're wrong. They're wrong, they're wrong, John. Yeah, they're wrong. Uh, and, and I was born in they call, it yeah, a palm, they call it a palmer as well, and that's wrong as well. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you're wrong too, John. <laughs> we digress, uh, guys. I am. I am going for. I'm going for the Dolphins. I, I, I flash back to their debut at Suncorp last year when they upset the uh, the Roosters. Uh, there's going to be a big crowd there supporting the Dolphins uh, at their home game. Um, the Dolphins have been strengthened with a couple of ex Broncos in yeah. Blake, uh and um, our Herbie, our mate Herbie Farnworth. Yes. Um, uh, look, uh, I, I just think they they might have the uh, the the capability of upsetting what is a very, very strong-looking Cowboys team on paper. Um, but I think the Cowboys, you know, notoriously are pretty slow starters. But, uh, look, um, both sides missed the 2024 finals. Um, uh, yeah, what can I say? The North Queensland team, they, they finished last year in 11th position. Um, there's no Tommy Gilbert, unfortunately, for the Dolphins. He is out for the season, uh, which is a real shame for uh, for, for him and the club. Um yeah, guys. Look, I'm going to um, I'm going to tip the Dolphins to uh, start the season off in a good way for Wayne Bennett. Okay, I'm going to the Cowboys. 
because mm. John tipped the Dolphins. Right, okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going Dolphins <laughs> because they're at home and uh, I just think uh, they just have a bit too much for yep, the Yep, fins up for me as well. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sacco, uh, the start of the local season, just quickly, um, beginning of April? Yeah, first week of April, uh, guys. Uh, so it's only a few weeks away. Uh, all the clubs are hard at it, preparing for um, uh, for a big season ahead. Uh, the junior season starts in uh, in the first week of May, uh, and um, uh, interestingly, our registration numbers um, at this time of the year, compared to the same time last year, are up twenty three percent. Brilliant! So, um, uh, so really, really delighted with uh, the, uh, the the numbers to date. That's before our the whole national marketing campaign for um, you know play rugby league commences um, in the next week or so. Uh, so, uh, the very, very encouraging figures um, showing growth uh, with uh, people wanting to play. Uh, rugby league men and women which is awesome uh, and just a, a, a shout out too for uh, next week we've got um, our what, annual road to regions uh, venture um, where uh, we've got a couple of ambassadors coming to town Kennedy Cherrington of course a local girl who played who's had great success in the NRLW for Parramatta also plays for Australia and plays for New South Wales origin uh, and also Trent Hodgkinson uh, uh, who is a former um, uh, Bulldog uh, yeah. and Newcastle Knight, and also New South Wales Origin player, and, and uh, we're we're hitting uh, Bunbury uh, all of next week, hitting a whole range of schools and junior, you know, junior um, uh, juniors down there in the Bunbury Bustleton region to spread the the word uh, of rugby league uh, to those uh, kids and parents down there, but also conveying uh, just good um, life enrichment messages as well. Uh, so um, uh, so we welcome. The, that crew to town next week, and um, it's all part of the, the launch of the 2024 season. Mm. That is awesome, Sacco. All right, well, speaking of hitting things, we're about to hit the news, so we better go, <laughs> Cheers, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week, mate. Go on, John. Have a great week, guys. Cheers. Cheers, See you, mate. All right, that is our first hour done. We're off to the 9 o'clock news. We'll catch you on the other side to talk some cricket. The 89.7 FM Community File. ECU is proud to offer a free exercise clinic where you can participate either virtually, via an online platform, or in person at the ECU Health Centre in Wanneroo. The free exercise clinic is open to anyone 18 years and older, and each session goes for 60 minutes. Sessions are run by ECU's third and fourth year exercise science students, supervised by accredited exercise physiologists. You can enrol in the full 13-week program, or simply attend as many or as few sessions as you like. Visit the ECU Health Centre website for more information. Promote your non-profit organisation or community group and it's free. Head to our website at 897fm.com.au When it comes to kids' sport, parents have lots of questions, eh? Like, how much is it going to cost? Will my kid get to play with their mates? How often do they train? And do I have to volunteer? But there's one question every parent should ask. What does the club have in place to make sure that my kid's safe and protected? Don't take child safety at your club for granted. Find the important questions at playbytherules.net.au and start to talk. 89.7 FM Subscribes to the Community Broadcasting Codes of Practice, which outline standards relating to program content, including news and current affairs, Australian music and sponsorship announcements. 
The codes also outline the principles of diversity, independence and volunteerism for community broadcasting. If you have a complaint regarding something you have heard on this station, you should put your complaint in writing and send it to the station. If you would like a copy of the codes of practice, visit www.cbaa.org.au. This is 89.7 FM News. National Radio News. Hello, I'm Liam O'Connell. The alleged murderer of Samantha Murphy will remain behind bars until August as the next stage of police investigations begin. A 22-year-old Patrick Oren Stevenson has been charged with murdering the mother of three and will now remain in custody until the next court hearing later in the year. Members of the Ballarat community have come together to mourn her passing in a vigil in the city's east. We live in such a peaceful, safe community, so it's really, I think we're, a lot in, we're in a lot of shock. Ballarat has no more than about two degrees of separation, so everybody you know knows somebody or they know, uh, knew Samantha directly, so it's um, important to support the general community. A severe heatwave warning is current for large swathes of South Australia, including the Adelaide metropolitan region, as well as the Snowy Mountains district in New South Wales. In Victoria, the Country Fire Authority has announced a total fire ban for much of the state. Fires will not be allowed in the Wimmera, Southwest, North Central, Central and South Gippsland regions of the state until midnight tonight, with an extension of the ban expected. Luke Hegarty from the Victoria State Control Centre says people need to take responsibility for their safety. People need to check their fire danger rating before they leave to start their trip. Check for the district that you're travelling to. Check the Vic Traffic website to see whether there's any traffic changes, so whether there's roads, making sure you know where you're heading, what your backup plan is. In the past hour, the European Union president has said she's confident a new aid corridor to Gaza through Cyprus could open this weekend. The corridor will cut down travel times to the war-torn region, but is still subject to negotiations between several European countries. The air aid drops by the US have already killed five Palestinian civilians. Another mass bleaching event has rocked the Great Barrier Reef, the fifth time in eight years. The bleaching is a reaction to heat stress by coral, expanding algae, which gives them both colour and life. The severity and extent of the bleaching is so far not recorded, but it's expected to vary widely across the 2,000-kilometre reef. Researcher at the Climate Council, Dr Simon Bradshaw, has told Sky the problem is not unique to Australia. This problem is not limited to Australia. We've seen severe bleaching during the Northern Hemisphere summer in the Caribbean and South America. We see similar threats facing reef systems in the Pacific, in Fiji, Vanuatu. A former Tasmanian Labor leader has criticised the party's claim it will renegotiate the state's deal with the AFL. David O'Byrne says the party needs to be realistic and accept the stadium and licence contracts have been signed. Mr O'Byrne was ejected from the party in 2021 over sexual harassment claims. The AFL granted Tasmania a licence for a team in May 2023 in exchange for the construction of a second stadium in Hobart. The AFL says the contract is locked into place and cannot be changed. Turning to sport, and in the NBL, the Perth Wildcats have beaten the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers 89-81 in Game 1 of the playoff season. Playing on home turf, Keanu Pinder was able to lead his side to the win despite three early consecutive balls from Jack McVeigh. It's returned to form for Pinder, who was forced to sit out the latter half of last season after a severe facial injury. And in rugby league, St George coach Shane Flanagan says shifting Zach Lomax to the wing is the best decision for the team. Lomax has publicly stated he prefers to play centre but has made way for teammate Jack Bird. The Titans will take on the Dragons on the Gold Coast at 7.30 tonight. 
Listen to your favourite community radio station and National Radio News on the Community Radio Plus app. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. On 89.7, talking sport from 8 to 11am Saturdays. For the latest sports news from around the world, this is Talking Sport. Yes, welcome to the second hour Ooh. of Talking Sport. Uh, if you made it through the first, well done. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's all good. Look, let's have a look at some cricket, guys. Um, we're uh, we're changing the order of the show a little bit. You know, we normally look at uh, at other cricket a little bit later on, but we're going to have a look at it combined with the, uh, with the, the district cricket. cricket. Yeah, it, it is. Tim, I'm with you. Two test matches going on at the moment, and we can give you a very latest score update yes. uh, between New Zealand and Australia. Of course, New Zealand all out for 162. They've remained all out for 162. <laughs> and Australia nine for 237. Now Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood are at the crease. Mm. Um, so I could imagine that uh, we may be all out fairly soon. But bit, uh, of a, bit of a comeback from the New Zealanders in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Marnus um, Labashane finally made some runs, boys. Yeah, and well done to him. I mean, it was obviously a difficult pitch. Made uh, it to 90. Needed them. Mm. Yes, yes, he did. Made it to 90 before being out caught Phillips uh, bowled Southie. So, um, yeah, he needed to... Look, we've been, saying it, we've been saying it for months. Yeah, and he needed his feet moving, and we can only assume that maybe he's done that yeah. given the fact he scored some runs. Yep. Um, Steve Smith? Uh, it, it, it's gone too long now. It's all over. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, well, over. we haven't another test match. I, th- I don't think until we play India here. Yeah, correct. So, so there's no test matches over the winter. So, so a lot can change. A lot can change. Um, whether he plays Shield cricket leading into the next season and he opens for New South Wales, Tim, and he gets oh, some scores. I don't know. Cricket, I think, or even uh, test cricket, but the experiment of opening is gone. Yeah, gone. and I think we all picked that. But uh, in some ways, I, I take my hat off to him a little bit in the fact that he volunteered to go up to opening to allow Cam Green to come into well, that spot. That's what I was going to say. So if he doesn't do that, mm. does that mean Cameron Green's not playing and therefore doesn't have his breakthrough innings in the last Test match? Well, probably. Yeah, probably. Possibly, yeah. So uh, are, or, the, are the positives to outweigh the, or the Cam, potential negatives? Or Cam Green opens. That was the other option that they were yeah, playing I weirdly. I that was ever the answer. Well, it wasn't the answer, but that was one of the we're one of the, the one of the options. Argument: this, We should never have been in this position. No, probably not. But they wanted those two players in the top six. That, that this was the outcome that they went for. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, there's no more test matches, as I say, so that's going to be off the agenda for a while. We'll come back in the next uh, next summer and see where it all lands. Um, Tim, you were um, saying something off air about the bowling combination as well. Um, mm. Oh, just uh, we, we can't possibly it's sensational. I mean, it, it's it's getting towards the best of all time. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible yeah. lineup, I mean, and we, we all sit here and revered Lily and Thompson and all of these people, but these these three bowlers or even four bowlers. Uh, are up with them. Top top four bowlers in terms of wickets taken for Australia in the in the uh, are all in the top ten Star- of all time. Uh, Stark's just gone past. Um, in the great man, Dennis Lilly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many tests Stark has played. Lilly played about seventy two, I think, from memory. So he got three fifty five. As you say, Tim Stark's just gone past him now to go up into that uh, maybe fourth place, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, but you're right, Tim. Um, and it's been said for a while that uh, these are probably our best set of bowlers that we've had for a long, long time. Mitchell as Dark, a foursome. Mitchell Stark's played 88 tests. Yeah, okay. So that's, you know. the best bowler in the world. Mm. 
in my opinion. Who is that? The quick ball. Herzl's the best quick bowler in the world currently. Yeah, yeah. Probably right now he is. Um, it's, it's such an interesting. That's such an interesting call because he he doesn't seem to do much, but, but it's effective. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. It's. It, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't say, "Oh, gee, he's got a lethal." Like you'd Stark, you'd say, "Oh, that lethal in swinging yorker," yeah, you know, yes, sort of there thing. Is that. Um, Hazelwood, you struggle to put your finger on that. He's, he's more a McGrath type. That's because he's, he's just sheerly consistent. Is he a McGrath type? Is that what we're yes. saying? Yeah, he is. Yeah. 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 He's probably not as good as McGrath. I don't think you put him in that class. But, mm. yes, he's a very similar bowler where he's just hitting that top of the off stump, as they say, moving the ball away yeah, generally. Just, and eventually you've got to play it something. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, they are good. But, anyway, the um, the Aussies are up by about, what? what's that, Clive? 60-odd, 65? 93. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent, the bowling. Yeah. Well, Matt's pretty good. The bowling attack have, uh, have made up for the batting, which hasn't been that wonderful, really. But the bowling attacks defended them. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're getting yeah, a side out for 162, you're not going to lose many games, yeah. are you? Yeah. Nope. And, yeah. That, and that might exactly. be hiding a couple of deficiencies, even though they think that's the top six. But yeah, Labuschagne, except for today, hasn't been firing. Smith certainly not. Cam Green really won the last test off his own bat. Maybe Labuschagne wins this one off his own bat. Um, Travis Head has been up and down. He's been getting 20s, yes, 25s. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that's probably been hiding those deficiencies. But, and Alex Carey, no, not in the top six. But well, he's had I'm a. I'm pushing he, for English because I think you've got to, these days, you can't get your place just as a wicketkeeper. You mm. used to be able to do in yesterday. Mm. Well, anymore. again, we're going to get this break, and maybe yeah. that's the time to bring a new. Uh, I, I, I think it's probably quite close. Yeah, I think that again. I'm coming back to that leading for the Shield next year, lead into the Indian series it's be would be crucial, a big. Isn't it? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, if some if if English gets a couple of hundreds and Kerry fails, well, you've got to put him in. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt Kerry's wicketkeeping is exemplary. Yeah, but, but English is pretty it good. Work like that anymore? No. Is baseball gone? What is it? <laughs> well, don't work in India. Two hundred and eighteen, England all out for India. Are eight for four hundred and seventy-three. Bumrah and Yadav are even making runs. Uh, Bumrah on nineteen, not out. Yadav on twenty-seven. India lead by two hundred and fifty-five runs. Well, I think about, good side, mate, yeah. uh, well, they are, especially there. Um, look, I think baseball can work, but it's don't, bouncy don't it's play it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> just play it when the conditions, um, you know, meet out for those for that for that uh, style of play that to be had. I mean, it's like the uh, Aussies, you know, many many years ago with Hayden and Gilchrist. I mean, they weren't going hard all the time, they were, but when they did, they went really hard. So that you know, they can take a leaf out of that. Maybe template and You've play got to the conditions. The down first, you do, you do, Tim. You got to play the conditions accordingly. Mm. Um, but they just seem to be going hard all the time, which uh, to me doesn't make a lot. Makes for great cricket because there's runs coming or there's wickets coming. So from that point of view, you what show of Bashir? Yeah, show of Bashir's bowled forty four overs yeah. and taken four wickets, but he's earned them. One hundred and seventy, he's gone for. Yeah, that's yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, that's what you call buying wickets, Clive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only three point eight six and over. It's not. It's not ridiculous for a no, spinner. No, but, but it, just, it, it sounds bad until you read the overs, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's um, that's the international cricket scene. Now we did have Joondalup versus Wanneroo in the district cricket last week, Tim. Yeah, we did, and Joondalup got up as we thought they would. But it was a low not scoring exactly, affair. Not exactly. Not exactly. It wasn't convincing. No, it wasn't convincing. Only won by three wickets in the end. So uh, the, the top score for the day was Brodie McGee on fifty three, I think. 
Yeah, that was the top score for the game. Yeah, depending on what the wicket was like, of course, but generally it's a pretty good wicket there, I think, from memory. But um, Well, Vinnie Clark's got the reputation of producing the best batting wickets going around. Well, there we go. Um, one roommate, 144, and Junilup swallowed them up with seven for 148. So, as I say, one by three wickets. But um, that's been the story, hasn't it, all year? One roo batting has been very lacklustre, but the bowling has sort of kept them in games without winning them games. And I think David, sort of, David Money, the president, has mentioned that a, a few times on this show. The lower grades, though, Tim, uh, looks we've like we've. Th- one or a third grade yeah. playing in, uh, in a semi final. That's, that's about happened, the only one we've got in through. second grade last week? Mm. I'm not sure what happened. The game but was abandoned. Uh, yes, it no, was. I don't, I don't know the story there. They scored two hundred and eight, and June Love didn't bat. It was, mm. it was abandoned. So that's a, that's a strange one. But mm. um, not sure. Mm. But either way, um, the only lower grade of the two teams is, as you say, Tim, third grade with one roo into yep. the semis. Yep. Yep. And that is against Claremont Nedlands. That's at Kingsway today, starting at eleven forty. Um, and the other matches in that grade: Gosnells against Scarborough and Perth versus Williton. That's in the that's in the threes. Mm. Yes, um, and uh, Perth ended up finishing on top of the ladder, I think, in the A grade. Yeah, good side. So uh, that we know they won the the flag last year. I think they were fifth or sixth, I think, from last year, and they just uh, hit the yeah, form at the right up. time. So uh, they did well. And that just quickly with the Shield uh, Sheffield Shield, Clive. Obviously, WA beat Queensland. Uh, this week, yes. uh, early this week, really good week. So now we play Victoria starting on Monday. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much a must-win for either side to get to second to try and play uh, Tasmania in the final. So that'll be a big game at the Junction Oval. It will. Mm. So, sorry, when does that one start again? Monday, Monday. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So that will be. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it, it, it's all or nothing, isn't it? It is. It is. And when you talk about Josh Inglis, he was uh, he was the man again, wasn't he? Not kidding. Yeah, hundred. Yes. Hundred and forty odd not out. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, round about 50 in the first inning. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So uh, certainly certainly did the job there. All right, we might do Big Trev's tips now before we go to a break and then get Cambo. So let's uh, let's do the tips. Um, we're at Bunbury today. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're at Bunbury. We're not, we're not up in the uh, Perth metro area. Okay. So down in Bunbury and we're going with... Um, Race one, number seven, this will show you. Uh, it's paying $3.30. H. Watson, the jockey. Um, and uh, well, it's had a third and two seconds in its last three starts, so certainly thereabouts. Um, excuse me. In race four, number four, Vampy at play is paying $5.50. Stephen Parnham Ooh-hoo. is the jockey. Ooh, yes, okay, here we go. Keep going. <laughs> And Neville Parnham's the trainer, yeah. <laughs> so we do have a uh, a Parnham Parnham there for us, uh, and paying five dollars fifty. In race five is Big Trev's best bet. It's number four Nero King, paying three dollars fifty. Um, El Ramoli, the jockey there, or Ramoli, I think it might be pronounced. Um, a second, a third, and a second. In its last three starts, so certainly been around the place. Nero King, Nero, near. near. Near anyway, uh, it's near winning. Um, in race nine, we're going with the Ruffy number one Rockinori. It's paying fifteen bucks. That'll get Tim's attention. Yeah. Um, B Geth is the jockey with a two kilo apprentice claim there over the fourteen hundred meter trip. 
So that is race one, number seven. This will show you. Race four, number four, Vampy at play. Race five, number four, Nero King. And race nine, number one, Rockin' Nui. Uh, and we also, as I mentioned uh, earlier, we've got the Miracle Mile happening yeah, at Menangle okay. tonight. Mm. Now, this is in the uh, in the harness racing uh, stakes. And uh, my tip for the Miracle Mile is number seven. Hi, my name is Jeff. Uh, very, very good horse. This one, it's one, it's one. It's last five. Okay. Um, has the gate speed to get across from? It'll be out of barrier five, um, or gate five. Do you reckon his name is Jeff? Uh, I think so. Okay. I've said hi to him before. And okay. He's said, always Jeff. yeah. Yeah. Gives him a bit um, of a wink. So um, yeah, that that is the one. But the one to watch is Leap to Fame. This is the this is clearly the best horse in Australia. The problem is it's out of Barrier Seven and it doesn't have it doesn't have quick gate speed. So okay. it's very unlikely it's going to be able to get across and lead, uh, particularly because it's on the outside of uh, of Hyman Name is Jeff, which does come out of the barriers pretty quick. So does Spirit of St Louis um, in the in the two spot and and speak the truth. So this the Miracle Mile is awesome. It's a, it's a sprint race. Um, it's an awesome spectacle, and uh, look forward to that. That is uh, getting underway at about six forty-five tonight. Six forty-five tonight at Menangle. So if you want to have a look at that, please do. All right, we will take best to Trev uh, if he's uh, struggling this week. Yeah, yeah, he's had a he's had the greatest week. So uh, yeah, Trev, hope you uh, hope you're feeling better, mate. And um, yeah, we're getting, we're going to head off to a break. Come back with Cambo to talk North Suburban Community Cricket. We are talking sport. We're right here on eighty-nine-seven. Sponsor. Another infection is beginning to spread. We've been here before, but we're still learning about this new virus and we can't make any assumptions. We need your team to develop a rapid diagnostic test. Can you do it? Every single day, biomedical science graduates face situations that go beyond theory. That's why we teach our students to be creative thinkers, because creative thinking can be your superpower. ECU, creative thinkers made here. Search ECU and apply now. Ever wondered what it's like to be on a radio station, be a part of a great team, or even on your own radio show? Have your voice heard across the city of Joondalup, Wanneroo, and Stirling, surrounding suburbs, and streaming online? Why don't you head over to www.897fm.com.au and become a member today? And best of all, all members are welcome. See you soon. Flying Doctor Service has been committed to improving the health of Australia's remote and rural communities for over 86 years. Last year, our emergency rescue and essential healthcare services touched the lives of more than 280,000 Australians. That's one person every two minutes. Call 1300 669 569 or visit flyingdoctor.org.au. Help keep the Flying Doctor flying.
Table, that doesn't get the toe tapper. It is a bit of a toe tapper, knee slapper, and some of those lyrics I think were uh, written for Cambo. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something I do. How are you, Cambo? <laughs> yeah, not too bad, boys. I tell you what, you like popping in the studio. There's more. There's mummies in Egypt that got more rhythm. Don't <laughs> 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 try and put a bandage on it. All right, well, it is Cambo part one of our show. Of course, we'll be back a little later on to talk AFL. But we are talking North Suburban Community Cricket at the moment because, Tim? It's cricket season. Because we can. It's it's because it's cricket season, Tim. Honestly, honestly, you missed your cue, all right? Okay, I missed my cue. It's the cricket season. You just can't get good help these days, really, can you? All right, take us through the A-grade, please, uh, Cameron. This is the final round. It's a day day one of uh, the uh, final two-day game of the the season. Yep. Yes, it is. So, round 15, day one. And it's good to see not only are we doing the A-grade scores, but we've got the A-team back in the studio. It's fantastic. Uh, Queen's Rocks played leadable. Queen's Rocks, 278. Oakley 115, McLean 46, McElwee took 6 for 62, and Keogh 2 for 65 versus Leadable none for 29. Warwick Greenwood played Serenadun Craig, Warwick Greenwood uh, 9 for 220, Quinn 58, Patton 51, Irvine 4 for 43, and Thompson 2 for 55, and they're playing Serenadun Craig. Wanneroo playing Balladur and Lanza. Wanneroo all out, 82 Ooh. altogether. Yeah. <laughs> uh, K Bub 22, Sims 3 for 17, Sharrett 2 for 14, Bellinger and Lanzale in reply, 3 for 31. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some cricket going to go on there today, Ooh, boys. Yes. When you said all together, I thought you wanted us all to say it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 I'm not that old. Yes, I'll give you a QD. All right. Uh, Yeah, very interesting game. Jeepers. That is. Mm, All right. Um, That does lend itself to a potential outright, doesn't it, which is interesting. But um, Either way. Either way. Yes. Yes. Um, All right, let's get into B grade and uh, we'll have the highlighted batting performances and bowling performances. Tim. Yes, in the big red, O'Gorman from Edgewater, 36, McCready, also Edgewater, 33, and Brooks from Kingsley Woodville, 26. In the bowling, Cordell from Dunlop Kinross, 
four for 45. Nice Nimit from the Sportish, Kingsway Sports, two for six. And McDonald, also from Kingsway Sports, two for 24. And the reason why the batting scores are so low, boys, the highest score in B grade was nine for 162 from Edgewater, and they're playing Kingsway Sports. So not a lot of runs made in B grade this week. You've got a note on here about match abandon day two, Cambo. What's that? Oh, that's a typo. All right. <laughs> Thank you for okay. All right. No. Thanks for bringing that up. No worries. <laughs> Yeah, right. Thanks for bringing that up. That's something in the script that you shouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> C-grade. C-grade, yes. please. I'm going to have to, you, have to go through this. Obviously, yes. we're going to have to rehearse the script from now on. Uh, don't be silly. C-grade. Take the magic out of it, Cambo. All right, C-grade batting. Uh, and just as an aside, no scores for Mouche or Karen up. Um, Batting-wise, Knight, Yanchip from Yanchip, 48. McLaughlin from Marmion, 35. Blanche from West Coast, 35. Bowling-wise, M. Singh from Osmond Park, 3 for 45. Gillett Payne from West Coast, 2 for 8. And Wilson, you beauty. <laughs> West Coast, 2 for 15. What was that? Yeah. I, don't know. I think it was my pacemaker. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bowler, but that's where the, uh, that's where the comparison ends. Hey, I was a bowler. Uh, in the close game there, boys, um, Marmion are playing Osmond Park. Marmion made 151 on the back of Damien McLaughlin, who's the uh, vice president of the association, making 35 at the top. Aussie Park in About their time. inning, four for 40. Right. Oh, hang on. Okay. Jeez, that's so a game a too. To yeah. All right, in D grade, Cuthbertson from Warwick Greenwood, 57. Hedges from Kingsley Woodvale, 53. And Bond from Warwick Greenwood, 26. In the bowling, Erriman from Queens, 4 for 31. Simpson from Leaderville, 4 for 38. And Barton from Queens, 3 for 51. And in this one, boys, how's this for a score? Kingsley Woodvale were bowled out for 131 against Leaderville. Leaderville had a bat, 2 for 3. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Tricky little period there that I didn't deal with very well. Difficult. Right. No. Uh, E-grade, you got that uh. one there, Cambo? Yeah, I have. So an E-grade batting, Campania from Leadable, 63. Tyndall from Sunodun Craig, also 63. And Costa from Leadable, 50. And in the bowling, Cameron from Belladura Lansdale, 4 for 45. Dimmick from Morley, 4 for 28. And Scott from Ginlup Kinross, 3 for 6. And uh, in, one of the, in one of the great games that will be had this week, boys, I'll tell you what, Morley and Warwick Greenwood, they played... Like Clint Eastwood's good, the bad, and the ugly. Because Warwick Greenwood, the good was, Morley bowled Warwick Greenwood out for 107. The ugly was that Morley had a bat. And the bad was that Morley had now five for 44 <laughs> overnight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. F, F grade. Like your own work there, Kimber. It does. F grade, please, Tim. Uh, tell you where are we? <laughs> uh, F grade. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually sure there was any good in there. But anyway, right. there was a lot of ugly. Right. There was a lot the of ugly. Grade. Thorpe from Kingsley Woodvale, 66. Rehan from Marmion, 53. And Spears from Carinup with 49. In the bowling, Hamilton from Marmion, five for 44. Van Elswick from Wanneroo, four for 24. And Bumra from Wanneroo with three for 21. Our Wanneroo bowlers did well. They bowled Edgewater out for 137, and Wanneroo were none for 16 in reply. But the big game, 
the big game today, boys, in that grade is uh, Karen up playing the Cavs. Karen up made eight for 127, and the Cavs will chase it down. Don't you worry about that. Just thinking about that previous one, you know, good. The difference between good and bad is often perspective, isn't it? But anyway, um, G, G grade Max and, and ugly as well, I'd say. Quite. Um, anyway, yes, G grade batting, good child. Uh, Warwick Greenwood, 71. Kinnan from Kingsway Sports, 48. Greenwood, no, he's from Belladura Glansdale, though. Greenwood from Belladura Lansdale, 38. Bowling-wise, Petteretti from Leaderville, 4 for 46. Proudmore from Leaderville, 3 for 16. And Tennant, who's now found a house, West Coast, 3 for 38. Uh, 3 for 33, now, I should say. 3 for th- I was looking at what you were talking about there. How's this for a game of cricket, boys? Now, this is what we're talking about. Round 15, two-day game. Belladure Lansdale played Morley. Belladure Lansdale, eight for 158, declared. That's what we like to see. Have a game of cricket. Morley overnight, three for 22. Oh, okay. There you go. That's what you talk about, cricket. In age grade in the batting, D. Scott from Queens, 64. Locke from Sorrento Duncraig, 53. And Thompson from Sorrento Duncraig, 43. In the bowling, Dektiar from uh, Mouche, 5 for 42. Boardman from Wanneroo, 3 for 12. And his teammate, Copeland, 3 for 13. And I tell you what, there's some cricket to be played in this game today, boys, because Leadable play Wanneroo. Leadable all out, 65. (laughs) Wanneroo. Five for 57. <laughs> Good heavens. <laughs> Quick wow. to be played there, I can tell you. All, All right. right. I grade, please, uh, uh, Tim. Yes. Uh, I grade. Thompson from Quinns Rocks, 57 not out. Francis from Dunlop Kinross, 54 not out. And Bennett from Quinns Rocks with 33. In the bowling, H. Singh from Balladura Lansdale, 3 for 57. Hartley from Dunlop Kinross, 3 for 7. And Edwards, also from Dunlop Kinross, 2 for 2. Now, this will be interesting to watch, boys, because Leaderville are playing Joondalup Kinross. Leaderville bowled out for 47. Oh, wow. Joondalup Kinross overnight are three for 108. So it's going to be interesting to see. Declaration. Straight off. They'll get to about 295 and declare. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope so, Clive. So we can listen to Cambo next week. I'm going to be. I'm going to be hoping they don't go to 400 and keep batting all day. That's for sure. <laughs> all right, uh, J grade uh, Max. It looks like you've got one game to update us. Yeah, on. I was going to say. Yeah, uh, not many here. Um, no scores for Warwick Greenwood v Wanneroo or Marmy and v Morley. So we've got one game, as you say, Clive. Batting wise, though, Smith he carried the bat. Well done to Mr. Smith. Sereno Dun Craig 64. Edmonds from oh, Sereno Dun Craig 57. And Hearn. Well, he's from Sereno Dun Craig. He's 42. <laughs> Bowling-wise, uh, Waffa from the Cavs, 3 for 47. Abdiani from Cavaliers, 2 for 28. And Gajar from Cavaliers, 1 for 9. I'm guessing this one doesn't end well for the Cavs, but uh, what do we got there, Kimber? Hey, 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 hey. Every every game's a challenge, Clive. <laughs> yes. Toretto does great. 9 for 347 against the Cavs, and the Cavs got to make 248 to win. Okay. All right. Today. All right. Steven. Yeah. In K grade in the batting, Highland from Edgewater, 103. Very hey. nice. Well Martin from Edgewater, 79. Uh, they're getting a talking to in a minute. Miller from Carinup, <laughs> 61. And Charteris from Edgewater, 54. Not out, oh dear. 
Cambo's on his soapbox already. In the bowling, <laughs> T. Hart from Balladjuri Lansdale, three for one. N. Hart from Balladjuri Lansdale, three for nine. <laughs> and Caliaro from Warwick Greenwood, two for nine. Might I add that T. Hart was three for one, five overs, four maidens, beautifully done. Yes. I, I think they ripped the heart out of the opposition. <laughs> Both of them. Um, the only time you have two hearts is Doctor Who or James Bond on the other side. Uh, Kingsley Woodvale played Balladura and Lansdale. Kingsley Woodvale all out 41. Balladura and Lansdale, four for 77 overnight. And in K grade. Now, you could make a make a, a case because Highland needed to get the 100. And so I can box. understand it. Yep. But in K grade, Edgewater, six for 270. Woo! Warwick Greenwood K-grade could bat three times and not make that many. <laughs> playing K-grade, have a game of cricket. Uh, they, they did have a game and they enjoyed it, yeah. 270, I'm sure. All right. Yeah, uh, no, the opposition were ecstatic. Tim, give us, uh, give us L-grade there, mate. L-grade, Todd from Warwick Greenwood with 60. Moyer from Dunlop Kinross, 38 not out. And Cordia from Warwick Greenwood with 29 in the bowling. Dimmock from Dunlop Kinross, 3 for 10. D. Robertson, Daniel Robertson from Dunlop Kinross, two for one. And Van Zyl from Dunlop Kinross, also two for 20. Yes, terrible, really. Robertson, those two blokes are going home and going, oh my God, I'm never playing cricket again because Robbo got me out. But uh, Dunlop <laughs> Kinross playing uh, Mushay, this will be interesting. Uh, Mushay bowled out for 90. And Dunlop Kinross, two for 79 overnight. We'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Right, bring us home with M grade, Max. All right, M grade. Batting wise, Stampalia. Stamp. Stampalia. Stampalia. Yes, exactly Stamp-a-lia. right. Stampalia. It could be Stamp. Yeah, I was going to say Stampalia. Yeah, but then I just went Stamp. Anyway, Stampalia. Bella Julianstale. One hundred and eleven not out though. Don't care how you have one foot off the ground for a week. Thank you how you pronounce his name. He batted really well, lad. Uh, from Marmy in 71, and Hudson from Balladura Lansdale, 24. Stenhouse from Wanneroo, 4 for 8. Radcliffe from Cavs, 3 for 34. And Hannah from the Cavs, 3 for 49. Now, how's this for Marmy and Lad made 71, Marmy and 7 for 102. And in the game where the Cavs played Balladura Lansdale, Greg Jacobson. Yes. Made 9 runs off 54 balls. He's going to sleep. <laughs> Did he open? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, well, he was there for a <laughs> while anyway, what? did his job. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, he did, because Sam came in and made 111 off 150. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the best. 9 off 54 for soups. Yeah, he didn't tell me about that. I sat next to him at the basketball last night, too. He didn't never told me, so there you probably, go. Probably, yeah, I'm not, uh, hey, I'm not- I'm not surprised. No, that's right. <laughs> Timmy uh, could snick more than that if he faced 54, if he faced nine overs. The, uh, 54 balls, that's nine overs straight. Yeah, I think we got it. Yep. <laughs> the best performed batting was Oakley from Quinch Rock, 115. But he was unable to beat Oakley from Quinch Rock, who's on 158 for the season. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, the best performed bowling, McElwee from Leaderville, 6 for 62 for the week. But Burnsy from Balladura Lansdale, 8 for 25. That's the young Burns, isn't it? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the senior Burns was also at the basketball last night, but there you go. Um, in the 100 count, 56 is the total. We added three more. We also added three more um, five-plus wickets. So the five-wicket haul went up two to 98, and the six-plus wickets went up another one to 32. So uh, 
And uh, Cambo, you made a note that it's the first time the hundreds count equals the five five wickets or uh, and six plus, of course. Mm. Well, yeah, being a, being a batter or an old batter, um, the uh, last week we didn't have a hundred, which is the first time we've never had a hundred wow. in the comp. And this week I had to turn around and say, well, hang on a minute, the batters have come back because the hundreds equal the five wickets and the six plus. So there you go. There you go. All <laughs> right. So plenty of games, I'm guessing, Cambo, that would be affecting uh, finals uh, campaigns. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, a few, not as many as you think, because the finals are pretty much um, done and dusted. Okay. Um, in some grades, it's just going to be which is the order in the top four. So, you know, uh, one, two, three, and four in some grades are already set. So it's a little it's question without notice, but what are we looking like in, in A grade? In A grade at the moment, um, well, Quinns have beaten everybody, so they're on 119 points. Wanneroo was second on 103. Serena Duncraig, third on 86. Warwick Greenwood are fourth on 73.92. And Leadable are fifth. They're also on 73, but they're 73.12. So mm. that could change depending on results yeah, today. We could hear all that. could just be a few runs. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, mm. so it's only a matter of uh, points. I, uh, uh, point 0.8. That was between so, Leaderville and Sorrento Duncraig, is that right? No, Leaderville and Warwick Greenwood. Oh, so Warwick Greenwood's already got the runs on the board, 220 yeah, on the board. Yeah, Warwick Greenwood have made yep. 9 for 220 and Leaderville are playing Quinns. They've none for 29, chasing 278. Mm. So, so, just to clarify, Cambo, we've got today the second game of the two-day game and then straight into semi-finals for Saturday and Sunday the following week. Yep. And grand final the week after. Okay, there you go. You're completely across the North Suburban Community Cricket Association setup. All right. Cambo, we'll leave you there. Uh, We'll allow you to go and take a breath, and then we'll catch you for Cambo Part 2. Uh, at the beginning of our final hour. So you hope the sequel's a lot better than the original. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, just quickly, too, there's a test match in New Zealand. And the New Zealand are batting, and they're one for six. They trail by 88. Stark has one for one of (laughs) 2.30. Love your work, Cambo. We'll catch you in about 20 minutes. All right, mate. See you, Cambo. That was Cambo, and you can look forward to more of him to talk some <laughs> AFL a little bit later on. Uh, what we might do is do the dog tips the dogs, right now. Yeah. We did Big Trev's tips earlier on. If you miss those, quickly, Big Trev is uh, race one, number seven, this will show you. Race four, number four, Vampy at play. Race five, number four, Nero King. And race nine, number one, Rockinori. That is uh, that is Big Trev's tips. For the dogs tonight, massive night of dog racing, actually, tonight. Uh, it's, uh, it's the heats of the Perth Cup and uh, and the Galaxy. So the Perth Cup's the 520 metre race. The Galaxy's the 715 metre race. So all the heats, you have to win the heat to make your way through. So in uh, race three, we're going with number three. It's the Ruffy Eugenius. <laughs> Thanks, Clive. Yeah, That's, no worries. What's the name of the horse? <laughs> it's dogs we're talking about. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, you, you, I'm yeah, not that clever then, Eugenius, anyway. Eugenius, <laughs> that didn't work out very well, did it? Um <laughs> 15 bucks. 15 <laughs> what? bucks. Yep, that's the roughie. Oh, that is a roughie. Okay. Yep. And if it does win, you you'll be saying... Clive? Eugenius. Yes. Yes. All right. In race five, we're going with number four, Trooper Tears. Um, this one is a Robert Britton trained dog. Uh, Robert Britton trains in, in Victoria. Uh, good trainer. 
Um, it ran a very quick 29.48 time in uh, in, an, in a, an exhibition race, so um, it gets its chance. So there's a few um, intruders coming over looking for the Perth Cup, of course. So uh, race five, number four, Trooper Tears, um, $2, that's paying. Uh, race eight, number six, Kenya Kraken is paying $8. This won last week. It's had 11 starts for four wins and a second. So okay. um, if it can jump... It's in a race that doesn't have a lot of early speed, except for right out, right outside. So if it can keep the eight out as it gets to the first turn, it could be in a really good position at eight dollars. So mm. um, that's where we're looking. Eight's the favourite, and it's the quickest out. So um, that'll be interesting. And then finally, in race twelve, we're going to be number four, Sunset Tyson, smart one. This one, five wins a second and two thirds from twelve starts. So it's always around the place. Two dollars fifty. Slight issue being out of the four box, the slight squeeze box. But um, uh, if it can jump, it'll be pretty hard to beat, I think. So that's race three, number three, Eugenius. Race five, number four, Trooper Tears. Race eight, number six, Kenya Kraken. And race twelve, <laughs> number four, Sunset Tyson. I've nailed the alliteration. Yeah, there's two alliterative names in there, so that's always a good thing. Of course, uh, gamble responsibly. Have some fun with it. Um, and if you've got a few dollars in your pocket at the end of the day, then uh, that's a that's a good day. So, oh, yes. All right, we are going to head to our break. When we come back, Glenn Simpson joins us. We, we're in finals basketball mode. Oh, and, we're uh, good. It's a pretty successful time right here in Perth at the moment, so we'll have a chat about all of that on the other side of this. Talking Sport 89.7. Are you looking for a gift for that special person in your life? Maybe for an anniversary, a loyal employee, or a birthday, or graduation. Whatever the reason, station sponsor Grazi Gifts have a massive range of gift basket and hamper options to suit all occasions. So, to choose the right gift for that special person and order online, visit grazi.com.au. That's g-r-a-z-i-e.com.au. If you marked an X on the map of Perth for every investment property managed by Exceed Property Management, there'd be so many Xs, you'd be hard-pressed to read the map. That's because station sponsor, Exceed Real Estate, are one of Perth's largest and most successful property managers. Exceed delivers exceptional service, excellent performance, and extraordinary reliability. In property management, X means Exceed Real Estate. Life is better with Exceed. Hi, I'm Nick Tebby, National Executive Officer for Relationships Australia. Positive, respectful relationships are an important part of our mental well-being. Connecting with those around us can help us feel more resilient, less lonely, and more likely to feel a greater sense of belonging. And it feels good to belong. Sunday, March 31 is Neighbour Day, a day to celebrate communities where we feel connected and accepted for who we are. For tips on how to create belonging in your community, just visit neighboursevryday.org. Your face right out of my mind 
Not quite sure what happened there, but anyway, welcome it's good back song, to, Clive. Welcome back <laughs> to Talking Sport, coming to you live on 89.7. Mm. And uh, we are going to talk some basketball, and oh. it's a good time to talk basketball <laughs> in Western is. Australia because, let's just face it, our teams, well, they're going pretty good. <laughs> well, we didn't know... We, we didn't think there were at various parts of the season. Well, we, are going, are, talk, we are going to talk the links. Glenn mm. Simpson joins us. And uh, Simo, welcome. Morning, gents. Yeah, good morning. morning yeah, Simo. and the links, uh, the links did uh, an amazing job. Uh, they had to hold off a, a charging Townsville in that second game because Townsville didn't go without a fight. But uh, they've got there and they're in the grand final. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and obviously the fourth place Lynx took on the number one ranked uh, Townsville Fire. Of course, game one, the uh, Lynx were able to snatch that game by uh, one point in Townsville, as we mentioned last week. So yeah, last Sunday had the opportunity to get the job done and get, advance to the grand final series. And uh, yeah, look, they played pretty well, 108 points to the Fire 102. But you're right, Clive, it was, uh, certainly wasn't an easy game. The, the Fire made a few runs, but uh, the Lynx were able to uh, just steady when they needed to and get that very uh, important win. So, uh, you know, Aaron McDonald was good with 27 points. Mm. Um, Amy Atmore, 27. And Ellen Malley, yeah, 15 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Pretty polished game. And Hit some important most, threes down the stretch as well, did Maley? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, she did. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah she, um, what was she, 3, uh, 4 from 3? Oh, three, yeah. Uh, three, that's pretty good if you get 4 from 3, though, I think. <laughs> that, that's exceptional. Yeah, that's exactly. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was I? Yes, Emily Potter also uh, importantly. Oh, how good uh, was she? Yeah. 19 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists and 2 block shots. Uh, so that's uh, very good. And uh, most importantly, gives her a little, little bit of form running into the Grand Final Series because just wrapping up the other side of the draw, of course, the south side flyers eventually uh, took the series against the Melbourne Boomers. Now, Game 2, uh, the Boomers on the home court came back and, and forced Game 3 by winning the second game, 88 points to 67. But in the third and deciding game, it was the Southside Flyers who were pretty polished, 93 points, deferred the Boomers 77 points. Now, that was last Wednesday. <clears throat> and, of course, that was probably on the back of one Miss uh, Lauren Jackson. <laughs> Unbelievable. points, 11 rebounds, two assists, <laughs> one steal in there. And, uh, wow. Can you, can you convince her to go to the Olympics for us, uh, Simo? Gee, I wish I could, but uh, <laughs> yeah, how would you like to have her coming off the bench uh, oh. in that form? But uh, yeah, look, uh, so the grand final series uh, will be between the Southside Flyers and the Perth Lynx. Game one is tomorrow, uh, Sunday at 12.30pm WA time. Game two will be uh, over here in Perth on Thursday at 6.30, and game three, if required, will be 2pm uh, next Sunday as well, so you can catch those games on ESPN, KO and Foxtel, so uh, now, Glenn, a very, very good series. Yeah, mm, and just yeah. looking back at the games that Southside and Lynx have played throughout the season, so the first one went to Southside 94-92, then the Lynx got a win at home 95-85, and the last game that they've played, uh, it was Southside 91, Lynx 70. But that would have been a different Lynx outfit, I'm thinking, at that stage. Well, there was no Ari McDonald there. Mm. I think they might have had a few other injuries. Yeah. And when we beat them, I think uh, Jackson Lord, and Mitchell Lord didn't Jackson. play yeah, in that correct. second one. It's Simo, hard yeah. to line up then. It is, mm. yep. Mm. 
But uh, either way, they, look, uh, Southside Flyers are very, very tall team with Mercedes Russell, Lauren Jackson, young lady by the name of Priosh, I think you pronounce the name, comes off the bench as well. Doesn't play a lot of minutes for Southside, but she can rebound and uh, cause some, some headaches for the defensive uh, players for the links. So that's why I said that game the other night. Emily Potter's uh, in some good form, so she's going to yeah. need that going into that matchup with uh, you know taking on Russell and Lauren Jackson. So... Should be a very, very good uh, series. Hopefully the Lynx can get that game one and really put some pressure on uh, Southside when they return back here to Perth. Uh, All right. Week, so. Let's talk some Wildcats, mate, because, um, look, normally we'd be sitting here talking about Bryce Cotton, but I, <laughs> the, the talk of the town today has got to be Keanu Pinder. What a performance that was last night. He stepped up just when he was required. Bryce Cotton had a bit of a, a quiet game by his uh, standings. and um, standards. Yeah. And Keanu Pinder was absolutely outstanding. Well, he did. He drained a, an early three-pointer and just seemed to gain some confidence from that. But uh, it was his three-point shooting that was you know, yes. most surprising. He was five from seven at 71% from the three-point line, which is uh, which is good for two reasons. Obviously, Bryce Cotton didn't have one of his better games last night, but also the fact that you've got the likes of um, uh, um, Mark, Marcus Lee, who did play last night after that uh, shoulder worry last in last week's game, but uh, Mark Lee did play and you've also got uh, Will Magnate who came off an absolutely uh, fantastic game the previous uh, previous yes. week against Illawarra, mm. but because Pinner was running those three-pointers they couldn't leave him out in the three-point <laughs> line they had, to, they had to go out and defend him, so uh, <laughs> it was surprising, but uh, we'll certainly take that, and look, the other guy who is probably not going to get too much praise, but I thought Hiram Harris in that first quarter, now, yep. only finished with nine points for the game, but I think he got most of those nine points in the first quarter, and just got the Wildcats settled. You know, Tim raised a very, very good point a, a week or so ago about that 19-day break and how it would affect teams. And, uh, yeah, it was the likes of Hiram Harris uh, that ensured that the Wildcats didn't come out a little bit sluggish. And, I know, agree with 20, that. 24-all mm. first quarter. So you know, I, I expected the Wildcats to be down at quarter time, Glenn. I, I expected, yeah. just walking into the game, you know, Tazia been playing... Um, well. I expected we'd be behind at quarter time, and uh, I, was, I was pretty comfortable with with twenty four all and the effort that I was seeing from the Wildcats in the first quarter. Mm. Yeah, agree. And just you know, obviously looking at the, at the other game, which we'll touch on in a moment. Yeah. But the, you know, Melbourne United were in a similar uh, situation to the Wildcats, not having played for approximately nineteen days, and you know they were sluggish against Illawarra the other night. So they were down four points at uh, quarter time. So certainly the break even in that quarter was. Uh, now you'd probably take that going into the game. So. Tell you what, Jordan Usher hit a three that he had to promise to make. Boy. Yeah, yeah that was a big uh, rainbow. Yeah. Three metre or so outside the three-point line. But, uh, yeah, look, he was OK, Usher. He only played the 22 minutes, had 11 points. But, uh, um, you know, did, did OK. You know, and there's contributions across the board. You know, Alex Starr, nine points. Uh, Jesse Wagstaff, um, only the four points. Played some good defence. Did have a block shot last night as well, but yes. if you go to the box scores, he's not credited with that oh, really? uh, a block shot, so he will not be too happy about that. He's probably onto the... <laughs> he uh, very the clearly other. blocked Marcus Lee's shot uh, <laughs> after Marcus... after Well, it was actually an interesting uh, to and fro because Pinder came up with one of the best dunks you'll ever see uh, straight over the top of Marcus Lee, and... Uh, it was pretty clear that in the next few plays, Marcus Lee was going to want to do the same thing back again, and uh, and he pretty much did. Yeah. And then the next play was when Wagstaff came up with his block shot, um, and it was definitely a block shot. So. No credit. No credit 100%. to him. 
Damien Martin in commentary last night made sure he mentioned it. And, <laughs> he did. Uh, it was quite, quite amusing, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, Wagstaff was yeah, plus so 12 look, for when he was on the court last night as well. I know not everyone believes in plus or minuses, but um, it's plus 12 for when he was on the court, which is the highest of the team. So. Mm. Yeah, we, we say week in, week out. He's, uh, you know, his stats won't jump off the page, but it's just the little things like, well, you know, like a block that he doesn't get credited for, like <laughs> little things like playing defence, just, you know, causing havoc for the opposite. You know, yeah, just uh, things that aren't uh, really tangible. Oh, the so difference between very, winning and losing. Yeah. Oh, 100%, Tim. He's just one of those glue guys. Just those are little things that, uh, and settles the, the troops down when he gets on the court with his uh, experience and level head. So, very, very, very valuable contribution. So uh, the grand, where are we? So the next games will be get a little bit ahead of myself. Yeah, we're talking about grand finals. But um, <laughs> so uh, what have we got? Games two for Melbourne will be uh, for the Melbourne Hawks game. With Melbourne uh, won the game uh, the other night against the uh, the Hawks, 115 points to 115, 106 in the overtime. And I think the Hawks will be absolutely kicking themselves oh. for. Uh, Dropping that game where they were 16 points up in the last quarter and uh, certainly Melbourne came home with a the, ball, the Hawks threw the ball straight to Melbourne and with 20 seconds left, they were in front and yeah. threw it straight to Melbourne. Yep. Yeah, Australian substitution, Cole Abnan, uh, who's been a, a veteran of the league, uh, has joined the Illawarra towards the back half of the season, but uh, he's probably played a total of five minutes across two appearances uh over probably about an eight or nine game stretch, uh, so yeah, it hasn't got a lot of touch, a lot of court time. But uh, the coach put him on. Um, unfortunately, he played a minute forty-two that he'd probably like to have back again. Uh, it was a couple of pass turnovers from uh, sideline inbound um, plays, and uh, yeah, the rest, rest is history. So, uh, but game two will be um, tomorrow. Uh, that's uh, twelve noon Perth time. The Hawks and, and Melbourne. Hopefully, the Hawks can snatch that game and force a game three. And for the Tasmania Perth series, it'll be Monday at 4:30 p.m. Uh, Perth time. That'll be on ESPN. Yeah, and then a quick backup if it goes to the third game because the third game's on Wednesday night back here in Perth. Yeah, correct. So both games will be on Wednesday night. The Melbourne mm. Hawks game, if required, and of course the Perth Tassie game. So, yeah, very quick turnaround. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, not much rest for the wicked, but uh, hopefully Perth can get the job done and. Uh, uh, not have to play that game three. But Must I'm admit, uh, Glenn, I've never been so torn watching Melbourne versus Illawarra. I couldn't figure out who I wanted to win that. I'd, I, I don't want the Wildcats to have to play Illawarra in a grand final series, and I can't stand Melbourne. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't figure it out. I, I was cheering every miss and cheering every bucket as well because I just wasn't sure what I wanted. <laughs> well, it's pretty clear-cut in my household. We were definitely barracking for the Hawks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, Simo. Uh, how are we going for time? We Quite are done. Bit. Yeah. Okay. No, yes. we'll hold this other news over to next week then. Okay. All right. Excellent. Good on you, mate. Thanks, no, Glenn. Uh, thanks, Glenn. Thanks. Bye. See, See you, Simo. All right. That is basketball for this time. And sounds like we've got something to come back for next yeah, week. Yeah, we have. Because uh, yeah. Simo's got something he wants to say. <laughs> All right. We're going to head to the 10 o'clock news when we come back. Gambo part two. <laughs> Everyone looks forward to that. <laughs> We'll be back here, 89.7 Talking Sport, an hour to go on the other side of this. Station sponsor. We've got more orders than we can handle and more coming. Now there's a bottleneck. What is the ongoing impact of like, switching off paid search? Well, let's hear from our new recruit. What do you think? Every single day, business graduates face situations that go beyond theory. That's why we teach our students to be creative thinkers. Because creative thinking can be your superpower. ECU. Creative thinkers made here. Search ECU and apply now. <laughs> 
Have you ever wanted to look at the stars up close? Well, now you can. Station sponsor the Gravity Discovery Centre will open a whole new world of amazement for you. Located north of Perth, just off Indian Ocean Drive, the Gravity Discovery Centre has something for everyone with a great range of attractions. Climb the Leaning Tower, explore the Cosmology Gallery, get up close in the Biodiversity Gallery and take in the marvels of the Milky Way at the Observatory. For more information, bookings and tickets, go to gravitycentre.com.au. Ever wondered what it's like to be on a radio station, be a part of a great team or even on your own radio show? Have your voice heard across the city of Joondalup, Wanneroo and Stirling, surrounding suburbs and streaming online? Why don't you head over to www.897fm.com.au and become a member today. And best of all, all members are welcome. See you soon. 89.7 FM is your community radio station run by your community. We value your feedback as it helps us present what you like to hear. You can post your feedback online at 897fm.com.au and click feedback or mail your feedback to P.O. Box 3292 Joondalup, WA 6027. Why not become the sponsor of this news report? Contact 897FM. This is 897FM News. National Radio News. Hello, I'm Liam O'Connell. The alleged murderer of Samantha Murphy will remain behind bars until August as the next stage of police investigations begin. A 22-year-old Patrick Oren Stevenson has been charged with murdering the mother of three and will now remain in custody until the next court hearing later in the year. Members of the Ballarat community have come together to mourn her passing in a vigil in the city's east. We live in such a peaceful, safe community, so it's really, I think we're, a lot in, we're in a lot of shock. Ballarat has no more than about two degrees of separation, so everybody you know knows somebody or the name knew Samantha directly, so it's um, important to support the general community. A severe heatwave warning is current for large swathes of South Australia, including the Adelaide metropolitan region, as well as the Snowy Mountains district in New South Wales. In Victoria, the Country Fire Authority has announced a total fire ban for much of the state. Fires will not be allowed in the Wimmera, Southwest, North Central, Central and South Gippsland regions of the state until midnight tonight, with an extension of the ban expected. Luke Hegarty from the Victoria State Control Centre says people need to take responsibility for their safety. People need to check their fire danger rating before they leave to start their trip. Check for the district that you're travelling to. Check the Vic Traffic website to see whether there's any traffic changes, so whether there's roads, making sure you know where you're heading, what your backup plan is. In the past hour, the European Union president has said she's confident a new aid corridor to Gaza through Cyprus could open this weekend. The corridor will cut down travel times to the war-torn region, but is still subject to negotiations between several European countries. The air aid drops by the US have already killed five Palestinian civilians. Another mass bleaching event has rocked the Great Barrier Reef, the fifth time in eight years. The bleaching is a reaction to heat stress by coral, expanding algae, which gives them both colour and life. The severity and extent of the bleaching is so far not recorded, but it's expected to vary widely across the 2,000-kilometre reef. Researcher at the Climate Council, Dr Simon Bradshaw, has told Sky the problem is not unique to Australia. This problem is not limited to Australia. We've seen severe bleaching during the Northern Hemisphere summer in the Caribbean and South America. We see similar threats facing reef systems in the Pacific, in Fiji, Vanuatu. 
A former Tasmanian Labor leader has criticised the party's claim it will renegotiate the state's deal with the AFL. David O'Byrne says the party needs to be realistic and accept the stadium and licence contracts have been signed. Mr O'Byrne was ejected from the party in 2021 over sexual harassment claims. The AFL granted Tasmania a licence for a team in May 2023 in exchange for the construction of a second stadium in Hobart. The AFL says the contract is locked into place and cannot be changed. Turning to sport, and in the NBL, the Perth Wildcats have beaten the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers 89 to 81 in Game One of the playoff season. Playing on home turf, Keanu Pinder was able to lead his side to the win despite three early consecutive balls from Jack McVeigh. It's returned to form for Pinder, who was forced to sit out the latter half of last season after a severe facial injury. And in rugby league, St George coach Shane Flanagan says shifting Zach Lomax to the wing is the best decision for the team. Lomax has publicly stated he prefers to play centre but has made way for teammate Jack Bird. The Titans will take on the Dragons on the Gold Coast at 7.30 tonight. Listen to your favourite community radio station and national radio news on the Community Radio Plus app. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. For the latest sports news from around the world, this is Talking Sports. Well, welcome back to Talking Sport as we enter the final hour of the show on this Saturday morning. I think it's going to be a pretty nice one out there as well after yes. a little bit of rain yesterday. Yep. So um, let's get into some footy because the AFL has started the season. Cambo rejoins us to uh, to have a chat. Welcome back, Cambo. Thanks, boys. I'll tell you what, zero round. Zero round. That's what it's all about. I always, I always <laughs> got told that. Starts with one, but no. now we've got zero round. No, and next year it'll be round minus one. But uh, <laughs> yeah. players have always dreamt, I want to play, well, I can't wait to run out in round zero. Yeah, yeah it's more like, more like ground zero for some teams, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, well, we've got underway. Sydney took on Melbourne on Thursday night. It was the Sydney Swans 12-14-86, defeating Melbourne, nine goals, 10-64. Couldn't quite get my head around whether this is an upset or not. Um, mm. I feel like Sydney at home probably went in slightly favourites, but I don't know, don't know. Well, I thought it was a bit of a it was a bit of an upset, but the way that um, Sydney beat Melbourne, it was uh, same old, same old. Grundy beat Gorn in the ruck um, and around the ground. Grundy had twenty two disposals to Gorn's fifteen. Uh, Salem played as inside mid for Melbourne, but the issue that you had, they relied on Bailey Fritz, who's a mid forward, to get all their goals. Yep. And uh, as I said at the start of the. Last week, I had Melbourne in the top four, but won't be surprised if they slide out. And that happened again. It was like uh, they kicked two goals eight from 29 entries in the first half, Melbourne. So their forward line's still not working. And with uh, no Mills, no Parker and no Taylor Adams, it was no problems for Sydney. They were all in the midfield. So um, Sydney played really well. Haywood and McLean got two. Um, Heaney was one of the best for them as mm. well as Blake. Heaney, Heaney's so. annoying, isn't he? Heaney's annoying. <laughs> no, he is because he, he, he threatens to break out as this superstar <laughs> and then at times in a season he just disappears. Yeah, well, I think there's a bit yeah. of confusion, Cambo, around where he's best played. Is he a mid, is he a forward? That's, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. But, you know, when they didn't have Mills, they didn't have Parker, and they didn't have Adams, they had to put him into the midfield. So, yep. with Gookton. So, all of a sudden, that made them dangerous. You had Haywood, McLean, and Armitay up front that gave Melbourne a headache. And Melbourne, you know, they've had all season, all season and a half now to work on their forward setup. Mm. And they certainly worked it out. Well, the possession count's very clear that Melbourne had plenty of the ball. I mean, Jack Viney had 30, Clayton Oliver had 30, Salem had 27, and Petrarca had 26. Mm. That should tell you that they've had plenty of the ball. They've just no one to finish it off. Mm. Well, you're not going to win many games of AFL footy when you go in 29 times and kick two goals eight, I can tell you. That might be yeah, tough. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think on the mark there, Canberra, they've still got the worries in the forward line, how they connect with their midfield. And uh, as you mentioned, some of their midfielders um, are the goal kickers as well. Like Petrarca uh, can play some great footy. Petrarca and Viney uh, and Fritsch, of course, are probably their best forwards in some ways because they go down there and kick goals. Uh, but their big boys down there are not doing the job. Well, they got Van Royen, so hopefully he'll get a bit of um, exposure and start taking the game by the scruff of the neck that he's good enough, but he just doesn't show it enough. Who was the other guy down there? Was it Shaqy down there, Campo? Well, Ben Brown. Uh, did he, did he uh, play? No, well, Shaqy, Shaqy's playing. Was Shaqy there? Yeah, I think I'm sure Shaqy was playing yeah, for look, Melbourne. Oh, he did play, yeah. yes. Yeah, he didn't He didn't get a lot of it. No, yeah. no, no. I don't no think... ben, ben Brown didn't play. I thought no. you meant who have they had. Yeah, yeah well, well, that's the options, isn't it? Mm. And uh, old old McDonald uh, mm. can, can can go in there as well, but they've decided to go with Shaqy and Van Ruin on this occasion and probably didn't work out for them. Yeah, and they had, you know, the, the forward line's pretty small. They had Bailey Fritz named at full forward, Alex Neil Bull and Bailey Laurie. Jack Viney at half forward, Josh Shackey and Jacob Van Royen. They're not actual, you know, um, Shackey and Van Royen are big blokes. Mm. But Bailey Laurie's basically a midfielder. Mm. Exactly. So, you know, Bailey Fritz is a mid-sized forward. So what they're relying on is Max Gorn to go forward, pinch a couple, um, Petrarca, as you say, come and pinch a couple to try and get their goal scoring. But, you know, he's scoring nine goals a game. Um, as Mick Malthouse once said, if you keep a team to nine, you only got to score ten to win. Mm. Well, very, very, co- very good words by Mick Malthouse. Not much fun to watch, no, but, uh, but no, it works. But, yeah. uh, very... Hey, are they well, are they gone then? Are they gone? That coin is is that if you kick twenty five, the opposition don't have time. And <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne gone then, uh, Campo? I don't think they're gone. I think they're going to play enough games at home to to be. See, as I said, I had them in the top four, but wouldn't be surprised if they slide down to fifth or sixth. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Their going to function very well. They've so, had, a, had a lot of um, distraction, they say, in the off on the off season, haven't they? Melbourne, I'm well, talking about. You know, they they played um, Clayton Oliver, and then you know Joel Smith got into trouble. Gary Pert's come out. Gary Pert. Now, let's preface this: he played at Fitzroy, and they they collapsed. He then played at Collingwood, they couldn't win a final. So let's just, you know, in 40 years of footy, Gary Perth's had a few issues. But he's Good player. At Melbourne, he's got the best cult, they've got the best culture he's seen in 40 years. Well, mm. mate, seriously. You've well, got Clayton Oliver having issues, Joel Smith having issues. 
when uh, West Coast Eagles had issues, Victoria were going to disown Western Australia. <laughs> but because it's Melbourne, it's all right. Yeah, there, no, I think there's uh, a few issues behind, under the scenes there as well. It hasn't been bubbling for a few years. But I know Clayton Oliver got 30. I don't know. I didn't see much of the game. But my understanding is he didn't do a lot with the ball, though, yeah, Clive. Yeah. No, so, and that, yeah. and that, well, he's obviously had an interrupted preseason. Yes, so. yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's switch over to the Brisbane-Carlton game because I must admit... Um, I saw this score when I went into the Wildcats <laughs> and checked it at half time and went, what? Um, Brisbane, 12 goals, 13, yeah. 85. Carlton, 13 goals, 8, 86. I don't know how far the margin got, but I thought it was about 10 goals and uh, Carlton came back. It was uh, yeah, 46 points. Got, uh, got, out, got out to a few and then Brisbane put the queue in the rack and went, we're done. It was like, you know, as I said last week, it was always going to come down to... Hitwood, Danaher versus Kerno and Mackay. Kerno kicked four, Mackay kicked three. Hitwood and Danaher kicked one apiece, and Danaher missed two sodas that he would normally get. So, um, in that third quarter, so that hurt him. Uh, McCarthy, Cameron, and Zorko kicked two for Brisbane. Uh, the best were Wilmot, Neil, and Zorko, as you'd expect, and for um, Carlton, Kerno, Cripps, and Mackay. Mackay had a shot in the last quarter, and I. I was watching an amateur game and, and, and the TV at the same time. I said, oh, hold your breath. This could go anywhere. And he kicked it straight. <laughs> yes, with the pressure on him. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of people where I was saying that he won't kick that either. But yeah, you just well, see that, that, third, that. that third quarter, Cambo, with um, Carlton obviously you know, running oh. home. Seven goal, bless you. Seven goals, two Thank to uh, one goal, six. So... Yeah, you're saying about Danaher and a few of these missed opportunities. It just goes back to the basics of footy. You know, if you kick straight, you're going to win the games. Well, yeah, but then again, by the same token, Brisbane had uh, 25 scoring shots and Carlton only had 21. Yes. So you'd have thought they'd win by four goals. Well, that's what I'm saying, that's yes. That's good work. Mm. But uh, Danaher missed some absolute sodas, 45 on the run, and it was like, oh, OK, we're in a bit of trouble. We're in a bit of trouble here. But at one stage, Brisbane at halftime, nine goals, five to four goals, four. And all of a sudden, uh, by the end of three-quarter time, Brisbane were 10 goals, 11, and Carlton were 11 to six. Mm. Like, like credit Brisbane. goes to, to Carlton here, doesn't it? It's a terrific combo. Yes. Yeah, it is. But, you know, as I, as I keep saying, it was basically five goals all the way through. Brisbane put the queue in the rack. So... I've still got these both teams in top four, so I just thought it was a good good hit out for top, two top four teams that are going to be there or thereabouts finals time. So, yep. Brisbane Lions, do they have a lot to think about? Not really. They're just going to keep playing four quarters. Yeah. Mm. All right, let's turn our attention to the games that are to come because we've got two more games in uh, in round zero to come. And uh, <laughs> we're at one twenty pm today. We're at People First Stadium for the Gold Coast Suns versus Richmond. Uh, Gold Coast Suns don't have any new players in their lineup. For Richmond, Jacob Kaczynski, Seth Campbell and Sam Naismith are their new players. Mm. So no uh, no nank for uh, Richmond. It's Sam Naismith in the ruck. Yeah, there's no Westland. There's no um, um, Richmond's best player either, just quietly. But uh, um, Gold Coast, Lynch. do have a... Dustin Martin, I think. Oh, no, no Dusty. Dusty. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise no that. Dusty. Mm. No Dusty, no uh, Lynch. Um, but Gold Coast do have a big in. They have uh, <laughs> Gimmer coming back to coach. That's their in. I'll tell you what, mm. 
the people at the um, at the AFL fixturing have done it pretty well, haven't they? Yeah. Let's go to northern northern states, and what we'll do is we'll play uh, Dimmer against the uh, Gold Coast against Richmond, uh, his old team to start off with. Eh? How bad is that? So, <laughs> anyhow, Damien Hardwick reckons that eighty five percent of the Gold Coast first premiership teams already there. They've got uh, a great midfield: Sue Miller. Noah Anderson, Matt Rowe um, in there. Ben King's come back. He's looking pretty good at the moment yeah, as Sam well. Sam Flanders also run through that midfield as well. He's he's one that's got yeah. a lot of promise. And Swallow and Lukosius. So, yeah, it's a pretty good midfield. Um, with, um, with Richmond, you know, you just don't get a read on Richmond, really. They've got Tim Taranto playing in the midfield. He'll get a lot of the ball. Um, Liam Baker, they got Morris Rioli at half forward. We say he had the original. That, that makes a big difference. <laughs> Dion Prestia is going to play a couple of games before he's injured. Sorry, <laughs> Dion Prestia is going to play a couple of games before he's injured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jacob Gazitsky's come across from Hawthorne, so that's going to show Richmond supporters what a good good club looks like. But um, Gold Coast. Uh, I've got them just missing because, as I said, they reckon they're going to play the Richmond way. I don't think, um, I don't think um, Damien Hardwick's got the cattle to play the well, Richmond he's, way. Well, he's looking for that. Point. He's looking for that half back role from Alex Sexton and Connor Buderick. They're the two. Um, they're certainly the two that are fantasy relevant, and uh, a lot of fantasy yeah. coaches are looking at Alex Sexton because mm-hmm. halfback roles in fantasy terms are uh, are very nice to have. Uh, the Nick Dacos style, yep. um, Jaden Short type role. Yep. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Alex Sexton's a decent footballer to be playing across that role. See, really, the defenders, there's no real big defenders anymore. No. They've all gone to big-sized defenders. Mm. So... That makes it a bit easier because basically now it's, okay, the ball goes into the back line. I'm going to jump and punch the ball down and hope my mates are there to just run it out. Yeah. Yep. And these six-foot-six blokes have to have to run with it. So that's what they're trying to do. But um, I've got Gold Coast just missing. I've got Richmond in the bottom eight. I think uh, in the bottom four. So I think this will get ugly, this game. But um, Gold Coast should win on the Gold Coast. Yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to this game because of all those changes that you guys have just mentioned. New coaches, Adam Uze is at Richmond. Yeah, so new structures. Yeah, yeah, new structure there. Um, obviously new players for both teams. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess because up there, maybe Gold Coast would go in as favourites. But I, I think uh, Richmond might try and spoil the Hardwick party here and I think Richmond might get up. Timmy? I'm going Gold Coast. Yeah, Gold Coast for me as well. 4.30 tonight at uh, NG. NG Stadium? NG? Um, GWS Giants take on Collingwood. Um, as we talked about, these games have been placed in NRL <laughs> in NRL areas. That's the, that's the point of round zero. That's the whole point of it. Um, for the Giants, Harvey Thomas is new. He gets to make his debut. And for Collingwood, Charlie Dean... He's played before, just a couple of games. And uh, and Lockie Schultz, of course, uh, moves no. across from Frio. Forgot about him. Mm. Yeah, I tell you what, <coughs> Collingwood have got a bit of an issue here because Collingwood have gone back-to-back premiers. Uh, you'd have to be about 96 or just a couple of years older than Timmy to actually have seen it <laughs> when they went back-to-back. And then they've also turned around and said, well, I'm not going to say back-to-back premierships. We're going to say back-to-work. It's also... But, flies in the face of Collingwood supporters are not used to that either. So, 
It makes it a bit interesting where, you know, you've still got um, Scott Pendlebury and still Sidebottom in there. How long can they go um, the way they're going? I thought still Sidebottom actually was finished last year because towards the end of last season, he wasn't getting over the ground that well. He was just basically getting the ball and hand-passing it because the game had passed him by. But, Cambo, uh, does it shock yeah. you that, that Lockie Schultz is named as a follower? I mean, I know it doesn't necessarily matter where they're named, but that, that to me, is a surprise. Not really. Not really, in my opinion, because you've got Jordan Degoe and you've got um, the Dacoses around him. So it's not as much as though he's going to be the number two midfielder. He's basically a number five midfielder. Yeah. He's just starting in the midfield. Yep. So he's really going to be at number five because they'll go to Dugowie, they'll go to um, Nick Dacos, they'll go to Josh Dacos, and then they'll go, oh, hang on a minute, we've run out. Ah, they said Lockie Schultz run around by himself. Yeah. So not really. The one that surprises me is they've still got Mason Cox on the interchange bench. I'm not sure what role he's going to play. <laughs> when you've got Darcy Cameron in the ruck, you've got... Um, uh, Lipinski at um, full forward, and you've got Brody Majek and Ash Johnson at centre forward. So I'm not sure what Mason Cox is going to do, to be honest. Mm. Um, probably do what he, probably do what he normally does: upset people and just uh, take a mark <laughs> with his daughter. GWS doesn't um, look a lot different in terms of their lineup, does it? I mean, it, it looks like the the same, almost the same group as last year, really. It does, and that's the exciting part because they lost to Collingwood by a point in the preliminary final, mm. and um, I've got these guys, uh, GWS top eight, Collingwood top four, but I wouldn't be surprised GWS takes Melbourne's spot in that top four and Collingwood finish fifth because I just don't think they can rely on getting those um, winning five quarters in a final series um, again and get over the line. So this is going to be a great game. I reckon this is match of the round. Mm, I'd agree. Jesse Hogan, uh, Toby Bedford, Jake Riccardi, um, is going to be fantastic up up front for him against Maynard, Moore, Charlie Dean. This crew has the potential to be really exciting. The GWS team, and I, I, I think Bontempelli will. I think Marcus Bontempelli will win the Brownlow, but I, I don't expect Tom Green to be very far behind. Mm. I, I, if, if I was throwing out a roughie for the for the Brownlow, Tom Green would be my pick. Mm. Mm. I, I found a roughie for the Brownlow. Brody Grundy just quietly playing mm. in Sydney. Half the season, I'll tell you what, that'd be a uh, a surprise, but a little smoky if you have a little bit of a flutter on that. But you've got to gamble responsibly, of course. <laughs> of course you do. But, Which um, way are you going with this one, Cambo? <laughs> I'm going for GWS Giants because I just think their forward line is going to be too quick for Collingwood's forward line, and Dacos won't be able to free up because it'll be all hands on deck. So I'm going GWS Giants. Yeah, I think the um, the loss of that prelim final against this team, Collingwood, will burn with GWS. I think they had a real chance to make the grand final, and I think they just probably um, lamented that big time over the, over the summer. Um, Collingwood, yeah, they've got a couple of players out. They'll be there or thereabouts, but I think up in Sydney, GWS, so I hope, I hope they get up. Not you, Tim, of course. Oh, black and white. And that's what I'm saying about Collingwood supporters. I don't know anything about footy, but they just go black and white. <laughs> it's G, it's I G- think it will be a good game, and uh, GWS is yeah, be a good game. Right, but uh, Collingwood for me. GWS for me. Now we might just have a look at a couple of quick tips for the Thursday oh, yes. and Friday games coming up. So um, because we've talked about three of these teams already. So oh, in fact, all four. So. 
Uh, Thursday, we've got Carlton playing Richmond. It's the traditional season opener um, for round one. Yeah, Carlton. Carlton for me. Yes, I think Carlton. Carlton for me. Carlton in a canter in that one, you'd think. And Collingwood, Sydney. This might not be quite so cut and dried. No. Well, Brody Grundy, I tell you what, Brody Grundy's kept thanking the fixturing people, isn't he? He's come up against Melbourne first game and Collingwood second game. He's like, thanks, mate. I'm just going to get abuse for the first He's two doing rounds. a farewell tour, yeah. Yeah. Well, Reconnaissance tour. I, I think um, Collingwood will be uh, the sliders. I think they might have too much for Sydney, especially at the MCG, because they'll get over their jet lag from flying in a plane this week. So, you know, um, so Collingwood. I'm going to go Sydney. Collingwood 2-0 and 2 to start the season, Tim. It's my tip. Collingwood at home. <laughs> yeah, Colling, hey, um, Collingwood for me. Sorry, Camber. I was just going to say, during the week, yeah, Jimmy Webster from St Kilda got seven weeks yes. for the bump. Deservedly so. Got seven weeks, he should have got seven weeks for the bump and then three weeks of being a dope. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not as if they haven't spoken about it. So, um, obviously, the suspensions aren't working. So maybe we get a suspension and a fine. So all of a sudden, they get $10,000 a week they get they get uh, suspended for, and that'll hit them in the hip pocket, and they'll make it a big difference. And also, um, what's the thoughts on the red card? Because if you get a concussion, the concussion protocols, they go off, they get okay. one down. So... So you get a red card, get them off. I've never understood why there's not a red card in in I footy. I, I my take on it is you get a situation like what happened last week. Just so the, clear cut, wasn't the, it? The only team that re, the, the team that, be, that sorry the team that is fouled against yeah. loses a player for the game. It's a no brainer. Um, and, and then they are further disadvantaged because the team that they're playing against loses a player, but not for that game. They lose a player for the next seven weeks against everybody else. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't make sense that the punishment isn't against the team that's been largely offended against. So, to me, a red card's a no-brainer. I think, I think they that, should exist. That was an obvious one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And it can only be <laughs> for the obvious <laughs> ones, to me. You know. And uh, Alistair Clarkson turning back, with, turning back the clock at North Melbourne, mm. going off at the opposition. Just to get everyone out them and them against us mentality. So, yeah, it was interesting during the week. Yeah, not ideal, that one, but anyway. No. All right, we are going to have to call it there, Cambo. So thank you for that, yep. mate, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Best of luck to the Cubs yep, this no afternoon, worries, mate. Yeah, going off to Fletcher Park this afternoon to commentate some cricket. So All right. Interesting. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Cambo. See you. Bye-bye. All righty. Plenty to look forward to in uh, in the AFL season, that is for sure. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jay Bullingham will join us and talk Wanneroo Giants baseball. It's finals time <laughs> there as well. We'll be back on the other side of this. 89.7, Talking Sport. Every year, hundreds of schools around WA have their school photos taken by a specialist school photographer. And Capture Photography has been doing this for over 17 years. No other school photographer puts as much effort into providing WA's highest quality photographic products. If you are part of a school management team, a PNC member or even a parent wanting the very finest school photos, get in touch with the team at capture.com.au. That's Capture with a K. Station sponsor. The City of Wanneroo, corporate sponsor, proudly supporting 89.7 FM. Eligible City of Wanneroo homeowners can now apply for up to $500 to subsidise a new home CCTV system. Applications for the CCTV rebate scheme are open until the 28th of February. Head to wanneroo.wa.gov.au CCTV rebate scheme. Proudly brought to you by 89.7 FM. 
Keep up with what's happening in the local small business world with station sponsor, the Joondalup Business Association. They are the most proactive small business representative that can help you connect through their extensive networking program. For more details, call the Joondalup Business Association on 9300 1414. It's important to fully vaccinate on time, even if you miss one vaccine or if you're just a few weeks late. This puts your child and those around them at risk. Vaccinate on time. Get the facts at immunisationfacts.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra.
is Talking Sports. Welcome back to Talking Sport. Coming to you live on 89.7 on a Saturday morning. And it's time to talk some baseball. We've been talking all things starting seasons. We've been talking finals. and uh, We're the finally Wanneroo, there. Well, the Wanneroo Giants, we've been counting down finals for about three months, it feels like. And we're finally there, Jake. Yeah, it's, uh, it's felt the same to us. Uh, we've obviously been clinched up top for a while. So we're finally there and, yeah, ready to go. And now you know who you're playing as well. Yeah, we are. Uh, big Park and Perth battled it out last night. It was a pretty entertaining game to watch. We all, our, our team kind of watched together at someone's house and had a couple of beers and just hoped to go extra innings, which it did. And it was, a, yeah, it was a good game to watch. Yep, so it did go extra innings, did it? <laughs> that, that, we talked about that last week. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, they went 10 innings and Big Park walked it off at the bottom of the 10th. So, wow. Um, Perth had an opportunity and they messed it up and, um, yeah. Vic Park it is. So Vic Park uh, and the final the final start on Tuesday, Jay, is that right? That's right, yeah. Tuesday game one, um, which is normally a training day for us, so we kind of had to do a bit of training today to kind of synchronise it up in the right spot. So, um, yeah, ready to go. Guys looking good. Any, um, I know leading into the, the finals, you played... Um, the Braves and Morley and lost those games uh, and you haven't played really for I don't know almost probably two weeks by the time you um, get out in the field on Tuesday I know you've been training but any issues around that have you talked about that how you're dealing with that no not really we we did live um, live work on Tuesday last uh, Tuesday just gone so our pitches went live to our hitters and they got a bit of a competitive hit out there um, so we got Hitters got at bats, pitches through to live. Um, yeah, we're all, we're all ready to go. There's no there's no worries there. I think you also mentioned that the twos were still playing as well. So there some of the guys that would have opportunities to play through there. Uh, they had the bye as well last week, but oh, they're right. playing tomorrow in their first final. Uh, they they end up finishing second, and so they're playing Perth tomorrow at one o'clock down at Inglewood Oval. Um, so yeah, a few guys, a few of our guys are playing in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so how do you? So obviously, we've talked about the side of the, the the just the practice side of things. How do you? What's your preparation now for for Tuesday night? Do you go full steam ahead for the first game? Do you do you plan for for the three games? What's the approach? Uh, it's always go full steam for the game one. You yep. win game one, you're in the box seat. Yeah. Um, they given the import rules and finals, you have to miss a start after you pitch. Uh, so they're import through last night through about oh. 120 pitches. Uh, so he can't throw till Thursday. So we know who we're going to get, um, and we've beaten him a few times. So yeah, we're all good to go. Uh, we know who we're getting. We're prepared. Um, Isn't that interesting? So, yeah. so that's that's really two teams coming into this game with a different approach because they had to go full steam ahead last yes. night yes. in the same way as you're going full steam ahead in game one for Tuesday night. Yeah, exactly. For them, you can't worry about Tuesday because you might not get there. Yeah. So if they if they didn't win last night, season over. So uh, they had to go full steam, and if it means that they're slightly under under underdone for Tuesday, and I'm oh, sorry, slightly sore, or there's there's guys that can't play, then that's kind of it, isn't it? You have to kind of throw everything at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Now, just speaking about those lower grades, um, uh, Jay, you're going to be kept uh, quite busy because there's a few few of those grades in the finals. Yeah, we've, I think we've got six or seven teams in finals again, which is pretty impressive. We've got a lot of guys, a lot of teams playing tomorrow in the uh, yeah. 
one v two game, so we had I think a few minor premiers, a few second places. So um, hopefully our, lim- our teams in the elimination games get through, and we can we can roll through into the prelim week. Mm. Tim would have given you the Tim would have given you those trophies already oh, with, minor, with minor premierships. This is just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> you won the main event. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, what time do these games get underway uh, at, at Empire Ballpark? So, um, what what time are we talking, Jay, on Tuesday? Yeah, so seven pm start Tuesday. Oh, good. Uh, We're not at that silly eight thirty start time, <laughs> so that's good. No, that's uh, that's good because most of the guys will obviously have work. The uh, Wednesday and the Thursday, so it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a long, tired week, I think. But um, something we've been eyeing off for a while this is why we play finals time is the best time. So um, yeah, looking forward to getting getting out there and taking it off big park for game one. So just to get this right, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, if needed. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday if needed. I think if uh, the other series, Morley versus Melville, if that goes to three games, there'll be two games on the Saturday, so we'd have four o'clock, that have seven, I think. Okay, okay, and when's the Morley and Melville series? Is that, that's Monday? That is Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Right. Oh, right, okay. Oh, that's why I was wondering about the Saturday. Okay, yep, okay. Yep. All right, so well... finishing on top, we, we, get the, uh, we get the advantage of getting the elimination team on short rest, and uh, we, we get to play first. Yep. Um, Obviously, because we get the advantage if we go through yeah. to the grand final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we won't ask anything silly about grand finals and what time they start until you get there. All yeah, right, that's let's, right. Let's yeah, that's let's good. not do that. So, um, no, nah, mate. Look, well, it's, hopefully, I'm talking to you guys next Saturday already in. Absolutely, yeah, it'd be look, nice. it, it's been a massive season, um, but um, as as I'm sure you've reminded the guys that. Everything that's gone before has just got you to the point that you wanted to get to, and now you got to finish it off. That's it. The uh, the work the hard work's over. Oh, sorry, the hard work's about to begin. <laughs> getting getting to the uh, getting to the finals is the hard work. Obviously. Yeah. Now it's now it gets tougher. Um, it it kind of means nothing now. We're in there. It doesn't matter if you're 26 and wins in the uh, regular season or 18. You're in the same spot as the other team, and it's just the better team wins. Yeah. No. Look, mate. All the best. We'll be uh, we'll be watching with interest on on Tuesday. Can we watch that one? Uh, can we watch that live? Uh, yeah, it'll be live on Facebook and YouTube on the Baseball WA page. All right, well, we'll keep an eye out for that, mate. Uh, all the best. We, uh, you know, we're big supporters of the Wanneroo Giants, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can uh, we can go that one step further, and we can be talking grand finals next week, mate. Sounds good to us. Thanks, Thanks Jay. Luck, mate. See you, Jay. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Bye. All right, they have been brilliant all year. They have. They and have. So, and he was talking about the lower grades there and rusted off a little bit, but that's a, a, an amazing hard, performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in the reserve, they're in the A grade finals, they're in the B grade finals, and the C, they missed out in the C grade finals, so slipping up there. Right. Uh, D grade and E grade, so uh, that's, that's five grades that they're in. Um, interesting about C grade, Elkhamos Tigers, obviously up our way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a relatively new team. They finished on top of ladder in C grade and playing Rockingham. Tomorrow, so uh, all the best to the Elkhamos Tigers as well. Mm. Looking forward to that. Very good. Mm. All right, we will take our final break, uh, have our final song, which is a little bit of Frente coming up, and then we'll get into uh, some EPL with Stephen Platt and check out what's happening there because I think that's going to be a mighty interesting weekend there it's a as big well. Weekend. You're listening to 89.7 Talking Sport. 89.7 FM is your community radio station run by your community. We value your feedback as it helps us present what you like to hear. You can post your feedback online at 897fm.com.au and click feedback. 
or mail your feedback to PO Box 3292 Joondalup, WA 6027. But when we do get thank yous, it's usually that without your support, we would have never got ourselves back on track again. Being there for someone and actually see them pull through and get out of the situation they're in, mostly through their own means and just with a bit of support from us, is probably one of the best feelings I've ever had. Give it a go even if it's only for a few months. I think you may be surprised at how rewarding it is to actually help someone who needs some help. Change lives, including yours. Volunteer at Vinnie's. To find out more, go to vinnies.org.au.
Uh, a bit of Frente there, getting a bit of a music education. Oh, yeah. Max. Yes, yeah, beautiful. Kelly Street. Nice little quiet song. Yeah, like absolutely. A 60s or 70s a melody. Folky, bit of a folky sort of feel mm. to it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's time to talk some round ball football because I reckon the EPL, I reckon things might be about to get real interesting this weekend. Uh, Stephen Platt, how are you going, mate? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. I'm, I reckon Arsenal might just be on top of the table at the end of the weekend. Briefly. Well, they, they, they've, they've got a good chance. Obviously, uh, the situation has not changed too much since we last spoke. It's still Liverpool top by a point out of City in second and Arsenal a further point behind. Um, the reason that you suspect Arsenal might go from third to first is because Liverpool and City are playing each other this weekend. <laughs> yes, and um, so a draw there mm. and an Arsenal win and Arsenal will be sitting on top. <laughs> they would be on goal difference, yes, because mm. uh, the Gunners have the healthiest goal difference of plus 45, helped in no short order thanks to a 6-0 win over Sheffield United um, since we last spoke. So, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, look, Arsenal are playing well at the moment, but they know that their big tests are still to come. They know that they've still got to play uh, City, for example. Yeah, never said they'd time. be on top the week after, uh, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> That's, look, that's fair. I mean, in, in fairness, you know, they're taking on a Brentford side who they should be beating on paper, Brentford down towards the bottom end of the table, but a Brentford side who had nasty surprises, particularly for sides at the top and particularly for Manchester City in recent years. Um, so, you know, it's certainly not beyond Brentford to get something from that game. But I would agree with you that uh, heading into the uh, big Titanic tussle between Liverpool and City tomorrow night, um, they'll be going in with neither of them being top because I think the Gunners will take top spot with a win over Brentford later tonight. Mm. Yes, now as we uh, as we look a little bit lower down the table, uh, uh, Max... Do, do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> Can we um, skip this bit? Knott's Forest are still clear of the relegation zone, but Luton Town's got a game in hand. I don't, I don't know whether games in hand quite mean so much at the bottom of the table, but uh, but it's still the truth. <laughs> it's vying for that um, third spot, isn't it? Third from the bottom, yeah. is big. Yes, I mean, as we've as we've been saying for the last couple of months, Burnley and Sheffield United are, are already down. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, it's highly unlikely they'll get the points needed to to climb out of the bottom. So. Uh, yeah, it's between one of Luton, Forest, Everton, uh, Brentford, Crystal Palace. I think it's going to be one of those five. I think Bournemouth are pretty safe where they are. I think Palace might actually be safe with another couple of wins. Um, so it is just going to be between one of those sides. Uh, Luton would be the favourites for going down. They have the fewest resources. Obviously, uh, you know, this is their first time in the top flight since... I think the late 1980s. So you know, it's been um, it, it's been remarkable for them that they are competitive and that they're outperforming uh, two sides at the moment in the Premier League. It, they just need that third side to outperform. Uh, and Forest <laughs> sadly are the side they're most likely. No, they, they are the prime contenders. Uh, <laughs> I understand that, Stephen. It's hard for me to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, Luton are away at Crystal Palace this weekend, so Palace will certainly be looking at that, at that as basically win that game and they've given themselves yeah. a massive yeah. chance of staying up. Luton will be looking at it going this is a game we could get something from. I think Forrester is a good chance to get something from this weekend. They're away at Brighton, but Brighton did play in midweek in the Europa League and got uh, hammered 4-0 by Roma over in Italy. Um, and I think that Brighton have been struggling with having European football this season. And I think there's a real chance for Forrester to get something from that game. So I, 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 it could turn into a bad weekend for Luton if they lose and Forrest do beat Brighton. So 
Uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Mm. Um, Stephen, it's also a big weekend, really, for Man United, isn't it? I mean, they play Everton. They lost 3-1 last week against Man City and now really are, are threatening to fall off that off that race for, well, top, certainly top four, um, but top five. Many, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you're being very generous to say that they're still in this race. Um, I think they're, 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 they're Eddie the Eagles when it comes to, uh, to being in contention for medals and prizes. Um, United are, are not up to it. We've seen the level of consistency that you need to get a Champions League close, and Aston Villa have been setting that pace. Uh, Tottenham, despite the fact they've had a few wobbles, have been very consistent. United have, United have lost 11 games in 27. Um, and regardless wow. of the fact that they've had a lot of injuries, regardless of the fact that you know it has been a bit of a tumultuous season, um, that's that's never going to be good enough to finish in a Champions League spot. Um, even if they didn't lose another game for the rest of the season, which I think is unlikely, let's be fair, um, I still think they would struggle to qualify for a Champions League spot, even if it was fifth. And quite frankly, um, I think everyone at the club knows with the change in... Uh, partial ownership but the fact that that includes the um, basically all the football decisions have now moved over to Jim Ratcliffe and the Enios group I think we're going to be looking at um, at a job vacancy posting at United before the end of May um, oh. I just don't see them I don't see them sticking with Ten Hag I, and, I, and almost to be honest I think maybe the ownership would, would prefer that they didn't qualify just so that it was an easier decision for them to go mm. alright he, he failed to get us in there we can bring in our own manager that fits our, our ethos so really it's Eric Ten Hag who needs the Champions League spot and I don't think he's going to get it unfortunately um, so um, they'll probably beat Everton this, this and the early kickoff tonight but um, I, I don't see it being a uh, I don't see it being a particularly nice end of the season for Manchester United. Mm. I think the other game that jumps off the page, so that's the 8.30 game tonight. The 9 o'clock game tomorrow night, Aston Villa versus Tottenham uh, can still have big implications. Oh, definitely. Big game. Yes, look, I mean, again, Eric Ten Hag will be hoping for a dollar draw with a lot of broken legs, basically, <laughs> uh, because um, that's, that's the only way he is going to get into that top spot. A big, big chance for Villa. To, to really secure top four. Remember, top, top five could be Champions League. Uh, we, we're not exactly sure how the coefficient is going to fall um, in terms of the new Champions League competition, but uh, fourth is, is what you need to definitely secure Champions League football. Villa have a big chance. They, they've played a game more than Tottenham. is probably the big concern for them. Um, if Tottenham win this game, that's absolutely massive for Tottenham. It puts them in the driver's seat yeah. in terms of finishing in fourth spot. So, as much as people are saying, oh yeah, City and Liverpool, that's a big game. I think this is the bigger game this weekend. City and Liverpool are still going to have big games to try and win the title. And it, it could be decisive in terms of winning the title. Um, but also, they've been, they've been doing this for the last four or five years. It's boring seeing these two sides go for the title. <laughs> the fact that Villa and Spurs, who have been sort of in the doldrums in the last couple of years, could both be fighting for a spot in European football is much more interesting. But for me, certainly, I think it's much more interesting because these are newer, up-and-coming sides rather than, you know, the old guard just rocking, softening each other. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. 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 Should, should, it should be an absolutely brilliant game. Absolutely. I'm just um, pitching out a little bit further to next week where I think the showcase game of the year, talking about uh, Knott's Forest, is Luton Town v Knott's Forest next Saturday. Right. That's the game. They'll be queuing for that one. That is the game that's going to decide the season. Gentlemen, well, just well, get, we can talk about that next week, but I just want to preview it. We can. Yeah. Okay. 
I think uh, is is that oh, yes, that game will be free to go ahead next week, won't it? That one. Um, because I was going to say there is actually uh, some FA Cup fixtures there next is, week, yeah. but those two teams aren't involved no. in those, are they? No, no. no. So, Thanks, Clive. <laughs> we, do, uh, we, we were talking about it a bit next week, but it is FA Cup quarterfinals weekend next yes. weekend as well, Stephen. Yes, it is. Obviously, the, the standout fixture, historically speaking, is that uh, United will be playing Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think both sides are going into that one knowing Liverpool are probably going to win. Um, it, it's yeah, Liverpool are just playing really, really well at the moment and United decidedly are not. The fact that United are at home, um, I think, is maybe the thing that makes it slightly more of an even contest. But I, I think you'll see this Liverpool side getting through pretty comfortably. Similarly, I think Chelsea will get past Leicester City fairly comfortably. Uh, Wolves and Coventry will be a good one. Wolves, I think, will make it through uh, because they are in decent form at the moment. Even though Coventry have been doing very, very well. Uh, it's that City Newcastle game that's the big one today. Yeah. I think mm. that's that's going to be the one that's. Um, it's speaking of managers that need to try and save their jobs, I think Eddie Howe will be looking at that um, as he knows if he can get Newcastle to win the FA Cup, he'll get to keep his job one hundred percent. So um, yeah, that that one could be absolutely massive as well. So yeah, some good some good fixtures in the FA Cup next week. Yeah, Definitely. we'll have a look at that next week. Now in uh, A League talks. Um, the glory, look, realistically, they're probably just too far off the pace to be uh, yeah. to be dreaming of top six, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they lost the side who were bottom of the table. Yes. Think, yeah, sorry. No, you, you've got no chance if that's what you're going to go do, even if you're away from home. Yeah. Uh, so Western United, um, and, and you, you can't really look at that game and say that Western United didn't deserve it. They had twice as many attempts on goal. Mm. They had almost double the possession. They were much better than the Glory, and you know, I think it, it was nice to get a little bit excited about the fact that Glory weren't losing every week, and there's new ownership, and there's always hope. But the fact is, is the Glory project is is a long term project, it's a long term build, and um, they are not anywhere near going to the title like they were five years ago. Uh, and certainly, qualifying to finals is uh, beyond them currently. They are at home to Newcastle Jets uh, tonight, six forty five kickoff time. Uh, the Jets. Uh, also, one of the sides below them on the table, but uh, <laughs> don't have a chance. You know, that, that's, yeah, yeah it doesn't, doesn't always help. But um, yeah, you know, with the glory, I, I think there's an opportunity for them to finish fairly strongly. I, I certainly don't think they'll finish bottom, even though they're only two points above bottom at the moment. No. Um, I, 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 but yeah, finals football, I think, is, is going to be beyond them this season, unfortunately. Mm. All right, we might uh, leave it there with you, Stephen. Thanks, mate, and we'll catch you next week to talk FA Cup. Yes, looking forward to... Well, I'm not me, United fan. I'm not looking forward to it. But, um, but, but I'm looking forward to talking about it with you nonetheless. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Okay, see you. Bye. Yeah, well, just on the glory, the women's also, uh, unfortunately, were uh, beaten last night by Wellington Phoenix. Uh, Clive 3-1, so that's really... Probably said goodbye to their finals chance as well. I think there's now eight or nine games where they just haven't had a win. And they mm. started off the season quite well, mm. but the last clearly two months has been a bit of a downer for them, unfortunately. Speaking of a bit of a downer, the Western Force as well uh, oh just yeah. can't get anything going, can no, they? they? No. Um, gee whiz, they were... They I think, promised so much and just don't quite I think they were about them. 19 points up again last week, yeah. weren't they, against the Rebels, Tim? Yes, they were. And then the Rebels scored 29-0. <laughs> 
<laughs> he just rolled over them. Obviously, defensive lapses. Uh, it's just very disappointing. And, the, and today, it doesn't get any easier for them. They play no. the Brumbies. Uh, that's this Tough. morning, actually, 11.35 our time. Yes. So, so. Tough game. At least it's not a New Zealand team. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were hoping last week when we played the Rebels. Yes, <laughs> we were that's thinking true. that as well. Mm. Uh, but anyway, yes, they don't want to. Clearly, they go in there as underdogs and they don't want to be uh, zero and three. I wouldn't have thought to start the season no. off because there goes the hope for the rest of the year. Uh, interesting getting back to soccer though because uh, it was announced during the week that uh, we've had some big teams come here the EPL teams mainly yes but now we've got some Italian teams yes, coming well, I, Tim I, I, and know, I, I know this I know this first hand yes so you should do <laughs> why well your relative is part of the uh, yeah, that's, the stadium. That's not the reason. I oh, know okay. It. We had actually we had actually booked the stadium for the thirty first of May for the Bowls WA Awards night. We've had to change our booking because oh, that's when the games are on. Because the game is AC on. Milan and AS Roma are playing each other now yes. on that on that night. So we've gone the night before. So okay. uh, just put that one in your diaries. Bowls WA Awards night thirtieth of May. There you go. Italian soccer into Perth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it should be very exciting. Milan is say AC Milan versus Roma. So that. Uh, that's pretty good. Pretty yes. good to get some p- big Italian teams here. Yes. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, that is uh, going to be our show for uh, another week. Um, if you're uh, getting out there and enjoying your sport, uh, whether you're doing that outside or you're sitting inside and watching some footy um, uh, or cricket, Tim. Uh, yeah. Stupid, or both. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy Go between both. It's a really exciting. It's a really exciting time of the year because it's either finals and you're looking forward to that, mm. or it's the anticipation of new seasons and you're looking forward to that. <laughs> there's a lot so of hope. All good. There's lots yeah. of sport. There's a lot of hope there for the start of the season. Absolutely. All right. We'll leave you with some music and um, make sure you stick with 89.7 right the way through the week. Cambo's free for all, of course. And Tim. Uh, with Gordo on uh, your rugby show, your Monday NRL six, show. Uh, yep. Moment six should be interesting. Yep, beautiful. Yep. All right, stick with 89.7 through the week, everyone. We'll catch you next Saturday morning from 8 to talk more sport. More classic gold on 89.7 FM. You're holding me now, but you said you can't see me no Say